Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody. Hello. We're here. Welcome. Welcome to another Ruined Live. Yes. You guys, welcome to the show. We're doing it. I'm sorry, I was so close to the camera. It's just a lot. I mean, no, it feels right. Like, I feel like I, after 18 months of doing everything, including this podcast remotely, have refused to get a good camera set up. So, so we simply won't do it. So, we won't do it. We refuse. So, I don't want a flattering picture of myself. No. I've never seen one and I never will. No. And I'm fine with that. I want people to be pleasantly surprised when they finally meet me in person to be like, oh, you don't look like a grainy piece of shit. <laughs> Right, they turn out like, oh, oh, you look okay. Oh, it's a person. Okay, that's nice. In case this is your first time um, ever joining us, if so, what a swing you took. Um, I'm Hallie. <laughs> and I'm Allison. And this is Ruined, or the live version of it, where we ruin a horror movie for you. Yes, um, ruined. So if you don't want that, yeah. just proceed to our merch store. And spend um, your money Which we will discuss. There. Spend your money. Don't ask what the podcast is about, and then proceed uh, away. Um but the, yes, to talk about the most exciting thing. Um, oh, people like my shirt. Thank you. Can you tell that um, when I was making tonight's drink, I opened the soda literally five minutes ago and sprayed myself oh, with no. it? Like, you can't The front tell. of my shirt is soaked. Yeah, thank God, because there's such a big pattern. Yeah. Um, thank you. It's from New Works, like N-O-O Works. Okay, okay. So in case you want to buy that, again, we don't get a cut. We should. Yeah. I would happily do some brand management for them. Great. Um, they make great clothes. Merch. But if you want other great clothes... There's ruined merch in the in the the website that you're all on. <laughs> I think you could scroll down, and there is that's our understanding. Yeah, we, we don't cannot know. see what you see. We can't. It would see be it. too easy. It's yeah. So we have to go in blind, fully blind, like the monsters in the descent. We can't see anything and are attuned <laughs> to mostly things with sound. <laughs> but if they had merch, I would buy their merch. For like if sure. you were down in the bowels of the cave and you're like, oh well, this is a reasonable price for a sweatshirt. I'll just buy one. Right? Yeah. Here. But there are sweatshirts, T-shirts, and hats. Uh, this is our first foray into the merch world. So if there's feedback on, like, other stuff you would like to see down the mm-hmm. road, we want to hear that. But also, you can buy this stuff right now. Oh, my God, Hallie, your hat, <laughs> your shirt is Dan Flash's. I mean. I've been read to filth is what I'm reading. <laughs> um, can you explain? Well, we have to get it. Dan Flash's is from, so I think you, you should leave. It's my understanding is sketch. I've not seen it about people with really cool shirts. Oh, God, Hallie. Yes, of course. That's what it's about. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that's a lot of shirt talk. Um, but all you can you all have access to the merch link uh, now. And then I'm assuming it is up for the 72 hours that this this uh, event. What is this even? I was, yeah, I was like, what are we I was doing? Like, performance. Um, but uh, experience. That's how I like to experience. Think of this. this is an experience. Um, so I believe mm-hmm. that you, hopefully you can spend, uh, you know, you have 72 hours to spend all of your money on our merch. Um, but act fast. Cause I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
it, guys, we don't we know don't anything. Know. We don't know anything. And the best part about the merch design, which was it was designed by Devin Clark, so yes. thank you so much, Devin. We love it. Was uh, the arguments and discussion about uh, what colors? Yes. And if you can imagine me and Allison trying to record anything, imagine us trying oh, to God. describe colors to one another. No, the words we use, oh. how we think a human explains colors, adjectives. No it one took a has long time ever used to describe a color being the only way that we can. We're like it should be. Um, Larger, like a larger color. Is that like just really, we're idiots. It's loud, but I want to be soft, but not too soft. Right. But I want to be warm, but cold. Like a king. Rich, but a pastel. Mm. And the thing is, it worked. It worked. So we got there. It worked out. We have our gorgeous, uh, servant inspired merch for all of the people who, uh, understand and love the podcast so much. If you're not (laughs) super familiar with us, we talk a, a lot more about deer than you probably think we do. Um, I mean, they're in a lot of horror movies. We're going to have to do that movie Antlers that's coming up. Yes. It was like produced by I think it's Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Oh my god! Well, we'll do, we'll do that for at a later date. Um, I guess we also wanted to bring up um, another beautiful piece of art that somebody made for yes. the pod. Somebody made a bingo card, which we believe is a dropped <gasps> in the chat. There it is. This is made by Lauren. We put it on our social media. I guess we're not going to say. Should we say her handle? I, I guess we did. We didn't establish that. We'll say yeah. Lauren. Lauren. An an artist and a genius and a creative who, you know, we can only aspire to join the ranks of. Thank you for making this. You guys, I think that there are links getting dropped into the chat that show you, you know, where you can go to, like, have this ready to go while you... I would say make this a drinking game, but I want you all to live to continue to listen to the podcast. And I think you would die if it was a drinking game, but... Yeah, we did discuss that. Yeah, I'm genuinely concerned we would be uh, legally liable. I'm looking at these. I mean, my God. Okay, so uh, this is made by Lauren. She is at Spirited Words mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yes. So please uh, follow her. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, hope that's what you wanted. And um, oh, it, this is g- uh, genuinely beautiful. We love a gradient. Um, we love a Corvid and yes. a Servid, and they're both out yes. there. Yes, and they were so yeah, yeah, so Corvid because crows and deer, perhaps the two most important animals in this genre that we have committed to making a podcast about. Um, so play along um, and let us know if, if you guys win. Oh, I don't know. We won't really have anything that we can do for you, but we'll 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 announce to everybody that you won out loud after they've read it in the chat. Exactly. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, before we start to get things started, we'd like to talk about today's drink. Oh yes. Um, unlike last time, where we made old fashioned, I did not have ice because, as you recall, I moved earlier yes. that day, yeah. like an absolute Thankfully, idiot. Thankfully, Hallie did not move apartments today, as far um, as I, I did know. have to. No, I would tell you. Yeah. I did run, however, to the store in the driving rain because in L.A., this is the one day it rained. And, of course, it was the one day I had to physically walk yes. to buy liquor and ice. Mm-hmm. So um, please drink responsibly. Uh, there's a reason they call it the mind eraser. I have to say, when do you think you last had Kahlua? Um, college. It's in a white Russian, right? It's in a white Russian. So I've definitely had mm-hmm. in my early 20s. I think, like, in my early 20s when I would go to dinner with my family, I thought, like, I was like, oh, I'm sophisticated enough now that, like, instead of dessert, I'm going to get a, a white Russian. And my parents were probably like, you fucking alcoholic. <laughs> we hate you. <laughs> it's just also such a heavy drink. I remember being in college and having one for the first time. And I was like, I'm going to have a second one. And it's just so much dairy that yeah. the way through, I'm like, why? It's almost a, a full glass drink. of milk. You have one at a time and then you go to bed immediately yes. after, which is kind of where the mind eraser is at. Um, Allison had the gall to say to me, I actually like this drink. Allison, it's not called a mind eraser because it's hard to drink. Well, I just, this is deadly stuff. I couldn't remember if I liked Kahlua or not because I just haven't had, like there are some like alcohols where I'm like, oh, I used to drink that all the time. And then like I've revisited it in a way and like, 
I'm like, oh no, this is not for me, but this is. Right. And also, I mean, I drink like a pot of coffee every day. So yes, everybody, in everybody's orbit, in their yeah. early 20s loving this in the chat. And just a reminder, guys, we're, uh, I think, 10 seconds ahead of you. So Oh yes, yeah. So, or, I forgot right, about that part. Yeah, so like we're operating on a different time and plane. Um, so mm-hmm. so uh, we are seeing um, chat stuff, but a little after. So if, if you've yelled out or, or commented something that feels very timely, we'll try and get to it. But we're not good at anything, so it's going to be hard. You know this. You know this. You know this. You know this. More than anything. Um, and also, if you feel like you should, you can tip us in the chat. Mm-hmm. It feels wrong to ask, but here we are it does. asking. Yeah. It does. Um, I mean, you can also buy merch. That's a whole thing you can do. You all bought tickets. That's so wonderful. But again, if you are like, oh, I liked this, feel free to leave us some Diet Coke money. I I don't. Like last time, there were there were empty Diet Coke cans behind me. Uh, you can't see those now. And also, I took out my recycling today. So um, I was going to say, is it, are they just like a big pyramid slightly off camera? Yeah, that's I've been building like a, 20, yeah, a pyramid of all of the Diet Coke cans. <laughs> I live in it, actually. I don't even have a, a bed. I just sleep in there. Um it looks great. I mean, it's super cozy and full of aspartame. Um, but you tipping is there, and and we would be idiots if we did not acknowledge it and beg. So yes, <laughs> please give us Diet Coke money. Um, I, we appreciate it so much. And with that, um, I think we're going to get it started. Um, the movie we are doing is a fairly new release. Yes. It is by James Wan. It is the show, oh my God, the movie Malignant. Oh God, mind already which, being erased. I mean, listen, I have to, I should, I, I should slow down. I also have a full one off camera for Me when I finish this well, one. So, okay, I knew, good, I'm going to okay, wait. So I, yeah, yeah I, I mixed the vodka and Kahlua in like a, like a pitcher or whatever, and then I have more soda water so I can just pour and I don't have to like measure what, so it's all set to go. Yes. So see that was one. I just filled mine with more ice. Great. There we go. Okay. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Was Tipping a- was broken and it's working now. So if you were trying to tip us in like that two minutes, apologies. Um, um so yeah, so James Wan, um a a prolific uh uh horror director, if you've seen Saw, if you've seen any in the insidious franchise uh, the mind behind The Conjuring, and this was his Oof. most recent release. And if you ask me, this was a movie where James Wan said, this one's for me, <laughs> and I couldn't be more excited. Oh, I'm um, thrilled. So, so in keeping with the structure of the podcast, which we are going to cling to as hard as we can. It's all we, as we have. Drink these, yes. it's, uh, as we drink these mind erasers, we just have these little buoys yes. as we drift through the ocean um, that is malignant. Yes. Um, we are going to have Allison watch the trailer, and she this is the first time, and you get to experience it along with her. Yes. So I'm going to mute myself, and I will be right back. Allison, here we go. Enjoy. I'm already nervous. I don't like it, and I am anxious. All right, I'm already upset. This looks terrible. Not terrible, but like scary. Oh, I can't hear it. Boy, I was enjoying you just watching you dangle <laughs> in the wind. It's like, ooh, I can watch this for an hour and a half. Just oh twisting in the wind. <laughs> Struggling. I can try to describe the trailer. How do we feel about that? I, yeah. I mean, let's give it a whirl. Okay, so we're going to play it, and I'm just going to describe it. We'll have you, yes, David perfect. Attenborough, this. Give us, exactly. Give us the, the, the play-by-play of what we're seeing on the screen, and it's still going to be horrifying, because like, and we're still going to get the, the sense of the visuals of the film, so great. Exactly. I'm like David Attenborough, who, again, is a reference I know. I'm exactly like that. 
So let's watch the trailer and I will do my best to set us up for success with for understanding, yes. at least the visual style. Yes. It'll be very clear what the visual is. Okay. All right, let's do this. All right. There's a beautiful, dark-haired woman with fabulous bangs. Not me. I know what you're thinking. This is our main character, our protagonist. She is suddenly awakening into a reality. This is this is not her beautiful home. This is not her beautiful oh, wife. No. Something has happened. She, however, is witnessing this other reality, somebody else's reality. Is it real? Is it is, is she a part of it? All we know is it's violent. And also, it takes place in Seattle. This movie is a love letter to Seattle if I've ever seen one. Oh, that's nice. Seattle could use the love. Our main character sees on the news that in the, the vision she had was an actual crime. So now she's put in a situation as why is she seeing these crimes being committed? What from from the visionary director James Wan? I feel like I, I am James Wan. I am directing us through this trailer. Um, there is, there is, of course, a spooky uh, medical establishment. Mm, of course. You know, a murky mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She finds out about her childhood. She finds out there was an, an entity, a, a person, an imaginary friend, somebody from her past that she has forgotten. And is that person back? I don't want to speak because it's actually a, a movie with a lot of twists and turns. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to spoil anything. Mm -hmm. Again, the point is, if you have bangs as a child, keep them because it was probably a good look. I and mean, that's yes. I, what I realized about myself, too. That's I a returned away, to a straight-across bang. Ooh, you you see the, the cushion lift. Mm -mm. A full butt was on that cushion, and then a butt stood up. I see. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a pretty squirrely guy. This movie's about a lady with having a bad time and a very squirrely person okay. that she is now a party to their crimes. Okay. Again, in Seattle, the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Yeah, nothing spooky and here. <laughs> <laughs> he can use a cell phone. It's very important. Okay. It's 2021. You cannot be a spooky person and not have access to, um, you know, an iPhone. No, I mean, must. oh my God, what is this? Um, yes, of course. If you think any situation you think would contain someone spooky, you simply cannot do it. Uh, this is showing a lot of the movie, I realize. <laughs> and um, yeah, there we have it. Malignant. That We're having an extremely malignant time. Okay. <laughs> you can Great. imagine she's sleeping. That guy shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, shit's about to get malignant in here. So, That's what I It's so malignant. Oh, God, this is so malignant. <laughs> there is, this, this is a most malignant movie I've seen in a long time. I would so say I that this we was. Got it. I think we nailed it. Five malignants out of malignant. I think we can probably wrap up the uh, the show now. Yeah, that's so, the yeah, episode, so that guys. was the trailer. Okay. So at least I do think it gives you a good mm -hmm. idea of your the visual language. What are your thoughts about the trailer <laughs> as you experienced it here today? I Allison? think that we've stumbled upon a new project, which is you yes. uh, doing VO <laughs> narration of uh, trailers for us, which is great. Um, I'm glad I didn't have to hear the sounds because I think the sounds would have been bad. It seemed scary. Um, I also want to say, and this is if you if, if people are watching in the chat have seen the movie, you know exactly what we're going to say. The music in this movie is the beginning of the Pixies' Where Is My Mind, which oh. is why I wanted to have it on our pre-show playlist. Yes. So is that like, dee dee? Yeah. I, why, the idea I was going to try to sing it, I stopped myself immediately. Well, we so might have that, to like, sing our music of, stings, so get ready. I <laughs> I well, that, those are a little more. Uh, <laughs> those are, our, those are yeah, in our that, range. Like, that's sort of like ponderous with like the, whoo. 
yeah. under it. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, which is great. And I, I'm assuming a nod to um, Seattle yes. and uh, to that era in music. That's pretty much all we get um, in terms of, again, you, mm-hmm. you do see it, it. the shots of Seattle. I was like, I want to go there. I want to oh, own totally. property there. I hope this kind of stuff doesn't happen a lot there. But if it does, you know, what can you do? Right. Um and then, of course, we like to take a baseline scary before we get into the movie itself. <laughs> Allison, how scary do you find? There's going to be two things I'm going to ask okay. you. One, how scary do you find the concept of imaginary friends? Oh, very. And did you have one? I did not. Did you have an imaginary friend? I did not have, despite being an only child, I did not have an imaginary friend, which is shocking, I think. But just, like, it just does, like, tell you where the other person is at. You're like, if somebody's like, oh, I yes. have an imaginary friend, you're like, Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I know. Now we know what yeah. we're dealing with a little bit, which is you're talking to somebody, and, and ghosts aren't real. So, I would like to know if anyone in the chat had an imaginary, yes. imaginary friend. Because drop the I names. Like the, the, yeah, tell us the names on a scale of one to ten. How how much of a lonely child were you? Were were you? You know, like are we a ten on the lonely, a one yes. on the lonely? Oh, good. Oh, so apparently last time you guys couldn't swear um, uh, in the chat that some, some there was something that prevented that. So now you can. So go fucking. Luckily, nuts. this is America. Yeah, fuck okay, that good. shit. <laughs> swear as much as you want. Ass. Um, and then I don't know. I feel like if the era we were ass <laughs> balls balls. Dick. The era we were raised mm-hmm. in, imaginary friends were like cool. Like I think you have like Drop Dead Fred. Yes. And so I remember. I think I may have like pretended to have one, but like for a day, and they realized I can't keep this up. I don't really understand like Just, what it takes to have an imaginary friend. It's literally being both people in a relationship at the same time, which is just something I didn't have the bandwidth for even as a child. Like I don't like you. You had to keep that going. Your imagination was responsible for both you and the other person and like that's just not I was too busy like playing Barbies and making them reenact what was going on on days of our lives. Yeah I remember my Barbies having giving a bad haircut and having them have do sex like yeah. whatever I thought yeah, that was like laying time. on top of each other face they were always like 69ing in a way that I was like that's not even something I really yeah as an adult the 69ing another thing that kind of faded away I'd rather do I, I don't know if kids are still talking about it yeah um we were getting some great oh, yes. um uh, Ministry friends, we've got um, Arnold. Okay, Arnold. He was an alien. We've got. Uh, he was an Jesse alien. Said my imaginary friend was Egon from Ghostbusters. Spooky from right. day one. Not creative, but an adult great. man. Love it. An adult, love an adult man. Adult Nothing man to worry about imaginary. at all. Jesse, <laughs> who's actually a real human being. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Kira, I tried really hard to have an imaginary friend because I felt like I was supposed to. Yes, I feel like that was the. Th- it was like. You're right. It yeah. was kind of like if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, like that was a cool, like funny thing. Um, it reminds me of the movie Hook. Mm-hmm. Like when they're mm-hmm. eating, like they're like, we're going to have a feast, but there's no yes. food. So they imagine the food and the food looks so delicious. Yes. It's like, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm. But also I know I'd be the one kid. They're like, okay, but there's no food here. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, I'm up. still hungry. Oh, Andrew you said tricked me. my wife had two. They were twins named Georgie and Decky. No, I don't Huge like Huge red flag. I don't Andrew. like that. I say that. You watch out. You keep a knife under your pillow because that your wife sounds <laughs> two knives from the sound of it. If you're if somebody has more imaginary friends than at least if your imaginary friends can gang up on you and make a decision about like what movie to right. see, don't be outnumbered. Like you don't want to be outnumbered by imaginary friends. All right, I think we have a um, a an Ariel or Victoria. What it, one of those is the. Name of uh, the imaginary friend. One is the name of the person, and perhaps, perhaps you don't even know. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? At this point, 
Um, thank you, guys. Um, and Allison, what, oh yeah, one more thing I wanted to ask you, because again, it's hard. I don't want to reveal the twists and the turns of the I know, movies. which is what I'm excited about. Yeah, it's a, it's a great film. I will say, like, I guessed the twist fairly early. However, it was amongst 12 other guesses. So okay. I was like, it could be this, or it could be this, or it could be this. And I thought that was very fun. So you so, were shooting shit at the wall and just seeing what sticks. And of course, one of them yes. did because it was correct. Okay, I see. And then um, how do, scary do you find uh, the concept of information about yourself that even you don't know? <gasps> Very. I mean, what don't I know? Is there information exactly. that you have about me? No, you're kind of an open book. I know. It's true. You're like, I get what this is. I'm happy to try to come up with something. Do you is think there... there's any information about you that you don't know? I don't know. That's the whole I point. I know. You don't know what you don't know, as my dad would say. Um I feel like it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, yeah, you were, like, um, you know, kidnapped by, you know, John Wayne Gacy for a day, but we, we, he brought you back or something. It'd be like something in your early childhood. Yeah. It's like, we left you on a roller coaster for eight hours, and, and we came back, and you were fine. Right, so. yeah, I guess it's always, like, the, like, like parents later being like, we dropped you on your head when you were a baby, and it's like, you could not tell me that. I don't need to know that. Um, My friend, um, well, I'll say Megan, I think she's here. Her, she was looking at her baby book, and her parents were, you know, like, has, like, babies first, mm-hmm. whatever, trip to the beach. Mm-hmm. And she had a horrible sunburn. And she's like, why did you not put sunblock on me? And they're like, we don't know. And she's like, I would never have known this is happening except I saw a photo of yes. me, beat red, exposed, sitting on the sand, exposed to seagulls. Yes. And they're like, it was it's, the 80s. Yeah, we didn't the 80, know the, Nobody did on. anything in the 80s. Parenting in the 80s was insane. I remember, like, uh, watching old family videos, which, like, my parents took a decent amount of video. And, like, we were watching one, and my mom was, like, just feeding me cake for breakfast as a child. And she was just like, I don't know why I was giving you cake. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's fine. I was a kid. I was eating cake for breakfast. Like, it's fine. But it's on film now, so I do have that. Um, I'm going to, we we don't have a fully developed drinking mm-hmm. game, yeah. but I would I would say take a drink every time we mention and discuss one of the beautiful interiors in this film. Ooh. Because as I said on Twitter, James Wan is the Nancy Myers of horror movies. I love that. You could be working at Arby's mm-hmm. and you will have the, the Victorian, you will have the fantasy, you will have three stories in an attic, mm-hmm. you will have mm-hmm. a gorgeous apartment. Like, it, it, it's it's comical, but in a way where it's also like, again, I would like to move to Seattle. Yes. So oh, of course. we mentioned exterior, um, and if anyone throughout the movie, if you have another drinking game, um, like rule feel free to chat with us and if we like it we will call it out yes yes so drop it in the chat if you're like here's a game and if you've seen the movie you are particularly able to do this and if you haven't just kind of i don't know still games who cares (laughs) guess yeah what are we doing who cares yeah who cares? Who cares? So let us begin. Finally, finally. we'll finally get into it. I know you guys are dying. You're probably <laughs> done with your first mind eraser. Let us begin. But before we do, Allison, would you like to guess the twist in Malignant? Guess the twist. I, my guess is that I don't. Okay, so like I obviously didn't get to see the full trailer in its in its real. You saw. I it. mean, I saw it, but you like saw the whole. But thing. I also did see. It's been like advertised with a very short advertisement on TV a lot, and I want to say like it's the house. Like the house is a dollhouse. Okay, all right. Is the house a dollhouse? That's my guess. Or like, um, a and fake, we'd also like to- like a fake. The doll. The house is a fake house. 
I absolutely love this. Uh, we'd also like to ask the audience for the twist as well. Yes. So we'd love to get your suggestions. I, I absolutely know what you're talking about, Allison. There's a shot that we'll also discuss where um, our main character is running through her house and you sort of see her. You you see her from above. Yes. That has that like ant farm trapped, like synthetic environment feel. Mm-hmm. So I really like that guess. Yes. Um, so Bell guessed all right. Seattle is also a character in the story. It's very uh I can't argue with that. You know, I don't know if that's New a York twist, is though. the fifth gal of sex in the city kind of vibes. Uh when Anne guessed, I'm guessing the twist is that the bangs are fake. Well that I what a great guess. Um the I will bangs. say the bangs are played certainly bangs. a role in my enjoyment of the movie. Okay. Great. I will say the bangs definitely I was like, ah, okay, I see what was going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Jordan says Seattle is the killer. Love it. Again, I, I there is something there where it's like, well, the esta- the medical establishment of Seattle, they might ha- they have had a hand in this. Okay. You know, without tipping right. my hand too much. I, I think that there's medical. some people in charge in Seattle that mm-hmm. are had played a part in what eventually uh happens in the film. Kim, the house is a servid. <gasps> I wouldn't make you watch this. That'd no. be too scary. They, no one lives in a servid. Servid being a deer for those who are not up on every episode where we talk about servants, which is, I would say, probably 30 or 40% of our episodes at this point. But the idea of a reveal at the end of a horror movie is finding out you're in the belly of a gigantic oh, no. animal. No, that no, would no. be great. That would be great. That would be great. Run it. Prince James Wan, have we got a pitch for you? We don't one. know the rest of the movie. We know the, the last second of the film. Yeah, we'll just work back. Out. We'll reverse engineer a whole film. It's not a big deal. Um... Okay. It's like the end of the the British end of the um of the descent, and they mm. pull back, but yes. they're actually in the belly of a servant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. Well, guys, um, let's get started. Um, again, please start your second mind eraser. <laughs> yeah. Now that we are almost forty minutes in, yeah, and we're already Ooh, we're gonna do this done with a drink. So let's Great. start. All right, let us ruin James Wan's *Malignant*. We open on the huge, impressive gothic-looking mental institution. You gotta you start gotta. there. You gotta. The Simeon Research Hospital, that's what the name is, but you and I know it's a mental hospital. Like, mm-hmm. that's, it's the, yes. it's the horror movie location. Yes, yes. we know what it's we're not a, leg- a legitimate hospital is not on a cliff next to a, 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 a primeval forest. No. You know what I mean? Now, Simeon is a name and not, like, a reference to, like, Simeon, like, apes and above. Is that what it is? yes. Apes, it is absolutely a name, and but what I'll tell you, <laughs> apes, apes, apes and above. Enough. Humans, apes they got apes and then up above, which are other apes, I guess, and humans. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it is the name okay. of the research hospital. It is not, I wish it was, but I looked it up, and unfortunately, it is the mm-hmm. name. And we are in 1993, which in my mind, mm. not a particularly spooky year. I was going to say very was spooky like, year. I feel, To me, the 90s were like, ah, uh, you know, like. Yeah, I guess the 90s weren't that scary. I don't know the bulls like yeah. starter jackets, yeah. clueless. I, in my mind, the nineties was like that's your nineties. That's our nineties. I think other people might have different nineties. Well, what were you doing in nineteen ninety three that was so spooky? No, it was starter jackets. But you know, we meet our one of our main characters, Doctor Florence Weaver. She has luckily it's nineteen ninety three, but she records herself. Thank God for the purposes of being in a movie later. She's yep. recording her patient notes on a video camera. And she tells us... It's becoming more apparent that not only is Gabriel getting stronger, he's becoming more malicious. If his strength and ability continue to grow at this rate, we will no longer be able to contain him. However, I am still determined... 
Dr. Weaver. He got out again. And he and Dr. Weaver starts start running through the hospital. And they hustle down, and the guard's saying he was able to get to the records room, and he was able to access his own records and, and find out. And he found out his information, and Dr. Weaver says, he wants to go home. Uh, Who wants to go home, Allison? I mean, it's got to be Gabriel. It's Gabriel. I mean, he's malicious. He's malicious. He has powers. They're joined by Dr. Victor Fields, who also is panicking. And he says, I, he tried to calm him down with electric convulsive therapy, therapy to subdue him, but it had no effect on him. I'm not a doctor. I don't think you use that to subdue people. No. I don't think that would work. I don't think so. I but mean, I, I, again, we're not doctors. Again, we can barely use our computers. Like, And if you know. we tell you to get electric convulsive therapy, do not listen to us. Don't get it. We're not Especially doctors. Especially after this. Yeah, um, after that. Well, we'll be drunk by at least halfway through. However, the lights keep flickering. We hear alarms going off, and they keep hearing this like painful, like electronic whining coming through like the the uh, intercom system. Mm -hmm. And Doctor Fields tells tells Doctor Weaver all of the machines are starting to go crazy. It's like he's drinking the electricity and controlling our machines. Gabriel, don't do it, Gabriel. Gabriel, this just then. As they arrive at the um, records room, a, another doctor is thrown through the open door and smashed it against the far wall. So we can control electricity, and he's incredibly strong. And as Dr. Weaver tries to tend to him, the security guard takes out a Simeon Research Hospital-like branded stun gun. It's like, okay, that's how you know that you run like a horrible horror yes. movie. mental. It's like you have a stun gun from your patients. Um, and they're going to take him down, but try not to kill him. And Dr. Weaver goes to the closed door and goes to open it. Another doctor says, no, you have to stop. He'll kill you. And just then we see the dead face of another doctor or potentially someone who just works at records who yeah, is making like, like minimum wage. Person. Right, yeah. Smashes Clerical into the worker. window from the inside. Mm. Yeah, it's probably some temp, unfortunately. Yeah. Happened to be working the day that Gabriel gets loose. And Weaver screams, take him down now. Unfortunately, when the security guard opens the door, Gabriel, who we still have not seen, takes his arm inside the door and breaks it so brutally that the bone pulls up through his skin. <sighs> so that's a wrap on the security guard. He's not going to be able to recover from that. All right. Meanwhile, all of the light bulbs are exploding, like the alarms are going off. So now we just have the emergency Gabriel, alarm stop light. drinking all the electricity. <laughs> Again, what does that mean? I what don't does that know. Mean? I've seen this movie and I still don't fully understand. And so now we're just illuminated with the like the um, exit lights. So it's just red lights as Dr. Weavis tried to creep inside and use the stun gun. She's able to shoot into the darkness and we hear sort of a scream and then a thud. So okay. luckily she is stun gunned Gabriel. Again, we haven't seen. However, when she and her surviving colleagues go to the records room, he has killed many more staff. I looked at Wikipedia. Like he allegedly killed 27 people. Okay. What? That's almost like too many people to have been staffed there for him to have to get through. I will also say it is nighttime. And I'm like, do you make your whole staff work overnight? Like, right. can these That's people the not thing. have lives? Or right. is it just like, oh, it's spooky. So we ha- people work like vampire hours here at Simeon. I guess. I mean, clearly they need to. We do. Weaver uh, tells the orderlies, strap him to the chair. As they're dragging Gabriel out of the room, we see he has little purple socks with pandas on it. And that's where I'm like... I feel bad for Gabriel. I feel bad for Gabriel. Also, in the chat, uh, someone just guessed, so Mander just guessed, is Gabriel climate change? Is We're going to discuss this later. I think there's something there, too. Is okay, Gabriel great. climate change? I'm not going to say he's not until okay. Allison has heard a little bit more. Okay. 
Great. So, stabbed, okay, so socks with pandas. So they strap Gabriel into, again, some sort of torture chair, whatever. I don't even know, like, where do you order the medical equipment that you need for, like, an inhumane yes. right. horror Torture mental based. Yes. And Weaver tells him, you've been a bad, bad boy, Gabriel. I'm like, okay, he's your patient. Yeah. Allison, from behind some sort of, like, semi-translucent, like, um, surgical curtain. Again, why am I trying to describe these things? You know what semi-translucent surgical curtain? You know what I'm talking about. Who doesn't? You see this, like, pale shape with, like, like, screaming, like an inhuman face and arms thrashing in the air. And it's humanoid, but it's not human. And that's, okay. and then we just see a little inhuman face, and that's it. Suddenly, okay. that same electronic that's feedback. That's Gabriel. He looks a mess, but we know he's mm. very powerful because, again, he is, quote, drinking the electricity. Yeah, and killed 27 people. So suddenly we hear the electronic feedback again, and we hear a voice. It is Gabriel's voice. He's not able to speak, but he's projecting it through the, a radio on the desk. You know, in case you want oh. to listen to some tunes while you like torture people. He's like, he's like tuning into FM. He's like, I'm yes, good. Yeah. I can just like connect to this. I drink electricity <laughs> and I'm part of the radio waves. Yeah, he cuts it through um, that song where it's like, do you uh, like to pina coladas? It cuts off the middle mm. and it's Gabriel. Oh, that's and great. And he tells them, I will kill you all. And we were gasped. Oh my God, he speaks. And Dr. Field says he's broadcasting his thoughts. It's like, we got it. We're, we're already up to, yeah. up to speed. Yeah. So he's You're not behind, able to speak, friend. but yeah. he's able to broadcast it. And Dr. <gasps> Weaver said, I thought we could help him, but I was wrong. It's time we cut out the cancer. A James Wan film. Okay. So during the during the credits, it's sort of like a lurid red, like uh, X-Files level, like um, montage of like medical books, surgical photos, children with medical problems. And we see the phrases, waking dreams... No. Manipulated control electricity. Got it. Uh-uh. And mother left child in our care, which I imagine <sighs> it's being a mother is tough and being a mother to Gabriel even tougher. Yes. He's drinking all the electricity. We can't keep a, keep a gallon of electricity in this house. He's drinking That so Con Ed bill is going to be outrageous if that's what he's drinking. Let alone he needs to kill 27, you know, medical staff People, every day. Right. My God. So we are now in the present day. Okay. That and was we, 1993. 1993, we are now in present-day Seattle. Again, lush, stunning. Want to book my tickets there immediately. Yes. And we meet our main character, Madison. Madison. She is a pregnant nurse, around 30, and she's arriving mm-hmm. home to her sickening Victorian house. Um, I Again, I she works. Her husband doesn't seem to have a job. They own my dream home. That's fine. They got, I think that's what Seattle's like. I've never been there. I, do, I mean, I do just love, like, a big Pacific Northwestern house. Also, Stephen in the chat killing us, saying, don't talk to me until I've had my electricity. That's Put a mug right there. Put it on a mug. Steven. Put it on a mug. Um, Stephen, a.k.a. that's Gabriel. Gabriel. So Madison comes in, and she's, she, she's obviously not doing really well. So she's pregnant. So we're thinking, okay, this has been a hard pregnancy. She goes and she admires the nursery they've set up. And she's exhausted, and she goes into their bedroom. And Derek is home watching the football game, kind of lounging around. And he says, aren't you supposed to be on the late shift? And Madison tells him, yeah, but Dumplin's been giving me a hard time, referring to their fetus. And clearly, this pregnancy is taking a lot out of her. Remember, we'd say it's drinking her, like Gabriel drinks her electricity. electricity. Yes, this baby is drinking her electricity. And Derek, her husband, because he's an asshole, says, what do you mean you're having a hard time? 
if you're having all this pain, maybe you should go to work. And she's like, I'm fine. I just need to relax. And she shuts off the game, which really sets him off. Oof, and she's like, please, between I Between men not. and their sports. I, she's like, I don't want to fight. Watch it downstairs. We've already seen you have a TV, TV downstairs. And I just need to sleep. And Derek said, has the audacity to say to his wife, maybe what you need to do is stop getting pregnant. How many times do I have to watch my children die inside you? This is a, what? well, this is beyond a red flag. <laughs> this is a whole army of people in what? red with red flags, red tanks coming in. That's a deal breaker, ladies. Yes, I think we can go ahead and fairly say that's a deal breaker, ladies. Anyways, Derek, I don't know if you know this, you're in a horror movie, so it's going to be a, a wrap on you. I hope you enjoy yep. hell pretty much. Yep. Um, Even if it wasn't, Mads, that's where you belong. Exactly. And man's just like, can we please not do this? Like, I just don't want to fight with you. And he says, well, like, it's my fault. You know, and they're having an argument and he reaches out and he sort of like touches her stomach, like in a, like a possessive way. And she slaps him away and says, don't touch me. He grabs her and he throws her against the wall. And the back, we hear the back of her head crack. <gasps> and of course, Derek's immediately like, I'm so sorry. You know, like I yeah, apologize immediately. And he runs downstairs to get ice and she crawls into the bathroom and locks the door. But we could see her, the back of her head is bleeding onto the, the door and sort of oh. dribbling blood. And so again, you're like, well, I feel bad for Madison. And I also yeah. don't want to watch a horror movie where it's like, you know what's really horrible? Domestic abuse. It's like, okay, yes. yes I don't absolutely no, I don't want that. Um, you don't need to convince me. This isn't an allegory. Like that's a bad thing on its face in real life. We don't need exactly. And at first he's very apologetic through the door where she locks it. She, she's like, I'm so sorry, you know, I stopped drinking because of you and the baby. Like you know, obviously this one's going to take, you know, referring to like her previous miscarriages. Aww. And then she doesn't reply to him immediately. He's like, oh, my God, it was just an accident. Like he's immediately flipped like, oh, if you're not going to be nice to me in two seconds, I'm going to be mean to you again. Luckily, outside, we see the porch light flicker, Allison. That Something's night, afoot. Something is afoot. The electricity, oh, maybe somebody's drinking a little bit. <laughs> that night, Derek sleeps downstairs, Madison up in the bed, and he wakes to hear some rattling. He hears someone turn on the blender in the kitchen, but assuming it's Madison, he gets up, and there's no one there. So he's kind of padding around their gigantic, gorgeous home. Right. And when he comes back to the living room, the TV has turned on. Okay. And he sees what looks like Madison, someone with long, dark hair, sitting on the couch. When he flips on the light, the person is gone. But he's thinking, like, are you, like, fucking with me? Is something going on? Mm -hmm. And suddenly we hear this electrical whine that we've associated with Gabriel already. And from behind him, a shadowy figure appears and grabs Derek. And just, we don't see it, but we know, absolutely kicks his ass. Upstairs. That's good. Because the Madison. chat has really turned on Derek. Uh, good. Red flag emojis. And somebody said... Can't spell Derek without D E E R. So, wow, it's like we should have known. Really makes you think. It makes you think. Upstairs, Madison wakes with a jolt. She realizes that her head is still bleeding. So the wound in the back of her head is like gushing blood onto her pillow. Go to Girl. the doctor. You're a nurse. You're a nurse. You are a professional woman. Go to the doctor. But again, she's clearly an abusive marriage. She's not going to go. Unfortunately, this is probably not new behavior from Derek. Downstairs, she hears a thud, and she creeps down the stairs to see what's happening to Derek. Not for nothing, this house has stained glass windows. Okay? Why? And I thought for sure we were going to see a shadow. Are they beautiful or are they scary? They're stunning. Okay. Again, a James Wan, I don't, I don't know where you scouted this. I don't know. This is probably all like CGI. You're just on a soundstage. Stunning. She finds 
at the bottom of the stairs, Derek's dead body. His head has been yanked completely back, and you see the bones of his spine <gasps> jutting through his neck. No. I mean, Derek was a shitbag, but, like, that's still awful. <laughs> From behind Derek's body, we see that same shadowy, long-haired figure spider crawl over his nope. corpse. Nope. Madison, nope. of course, wisely runs to the front door, and this thing sprints across the room and slams the door shut before she can get outside. No. Madison, panicking, at least six months pregnant, runs up the stairs to her bedroom and is able to get the door shut, but this creature, this figure, yeah. shoves the door open and knocks her to the ground. She hits her head. That's a, that's a double head wound in one day. Yeah, she she's always still bleeding from round one. Oof. And knocks her unconscious. <gasps> Hours later, the police oh, no. arrive, and we meet some of our other main characters, Detective Kakoa Shaw and Detective Regina Moss. And they sort of add a little bit of, like, a CSI, a criminal minds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are detectives. They're going to try to figure this out. It is a problem in horror movies. It, you cannot apply human reasoning to a horror movie, but it's right. fun to watch them try. Yes. And we find out that uh, Madison's neighbor heard her screaming and called 911. That's why they're there. So Madison is already at the hospital, and they're dealing with, like, what happened to Derek. And first they're thinking, like, is it a home invasion? But nothing's gone. There's no No. sign of forced entry. And also this guy's head is completely turned around. Right. Like, that doesn't seem, you know. His spine is uh, on the outside now. And I'm with Jennifer in the chat. (laughs) Like, I like my spines to say inside. Yes, Absolutely. Um, and Kate says he got malignant. In. Yeah, Derek yeah. got malignant hard. Yeah. We also meet another character in sort of the universe of the police department, and she is a, like a crime scene technician, Winnie, who clearly has a crush on Detective Shaw. So every time okay. we see her, she's sort of mooning over Detective Shaw, which again, oh, an interesting choice, but sure. a fun character. And, um, you know, uh, Detective Moss calls her Miss Lonely Hearts, and she sort of like pines over Shaw. And Winnie tells them, I've never seen a body like this, like maybe from a uh, vehicular accident, but not from a break-in. Yeah. When Madison wakes up in the hospital, we meet her sister, uh, Sydney. And she's waiting for her. And, you know, Madison's like, oh, my God, we were attacked. And Sydney says, I'm so sorry, Derek is dead. Madison starts uh, sobbing, and she touches her stomach. Allison, she has lost the baby. So not only is Derek dead, murdered by a figure in their home, her, she was so traumatized by the event that she has miscarried once again. Okay. She is devastated. She is screaming and crying. Luckily, she is <sighs> Sydney there, you know. Yes. But this is, again, she's already been so much, as we find out. Devastating. Traumatizing. And, yeah, been through so much. So, two days later, she's essentially been catatonic in her hospital bed. And Detective Shaw stops by to sort of ask a little more questions. Yeah, we gave her a little time. Let's find out exactly mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Detective Moss says, I'm just going to say it. There's no forced entry, and apparently the neighbor also told the detectives it seems like there was some domestic abuse going on. So Moss is saying no forced entry, probable. This is, gives me probable cause if there was abuse. I would say to you, how did a pregnant woman turn her husband's head around if she's yeah. not the She-Hulk? How yeah, do you think that she would have done this? Right, like she, no one could. That's not a. That's not. That's not an injury that like a human could force on another human as far and as if you I know. think that yeah and if you think that that it is possible i need one more sentence explaining it you know what i mean yes yeah one so, more so detective shaw stops by and sydney stops by she's at her lunch break allison what is sydney wearing when she stops by her sister's hospital room and talks to detective shaw oh no 
I mean, probably something stupid. She in like a going out top. It's a princess costume. She works at Family Planet. She's okay. an aspiring actress. And this is the best gig that she could get. To be fair, I think she's supposed to be like 21. That's, you know, fair. Um, people are saying they got the yes. O column and bingo. Wow. Guys, I'm so excited. <laughs> We're barely into the movie and you guys have already nailed an entire column. Uh, try and go for the whole board. Again, don't make it a drinking game. You'll die. But... I feel like we could, you could probably, we'll, we'll fill the board by the end of this game. So keep, keep playing. We're going to get close. I think We're there's two where I'm saying, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think you, you okay. if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so Sydney tells uh, Detective Shaw, we've kind of, I've kind of been a little bit estranged from my sister. Like we talked, but Derek, because he was so abusive, was isolating her. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of years, like since they got married, I have, I'm, I haven't been as close with her. And he says, okay, so you probably don't know that she, did she tell you that you had, she had had three miscarriages in the last two years before this? And Sydney's mm-hmm. like, no, she didn't tell me. And like, I just feel so terrible that this person came between us. And at one point she says like, listen, Derek didn't deserve to die like that, but also fuck him. And that's, I think, uh, the general attitude towards Derek. Yeah, that's like exactly how you should feel about Derek. Um, Detective Shaw later goes to visit the coroner and Detective Mossar catches him up. Um, all of the handprints on Derek's body are upside down, quote, like our perp was hanging from the ceiling. <gasps> no. Two weeks like later, okay. Madison goes home. Sydney okay. drives her home. I'm to saying, the same house? this happened in my home, to the same house, Allison. We're leveling the house. I'm moving somewhere else. We're burning the house I'm down. I'm getting an apartment. We're burning the house down. Based on what we see in Seattle, there's a ton of gorgeous apartments in Seattle. Yeah. And but and Sydney says as much, like, are you sure you want to be staying here? Like, I'll stay here with you. And Madison's like, mm-hmm. I lost my husband, I lost my unborn child. My house is literally all I have. My gorgeous house, but I'm not we're not gonna explain how I got it. Um, I'm gonna stay here. And that I understand, but also I would need more information, like, who is that guy or whatever it was that killed my husband? It attacked me. It didn't quite look human. Like it didn't move like a human. Yeah. It was hanging upside down like a terrifying human-sized <laughs> bat and then ripped my husband's head clear off. Like, I would at least need to change the locks. Again, that's me. This maybe a little, you know, sounds like a like a little prudish, but I, I would have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. And Sydney even says, like, you know, I don't have a lot of auditions coming up. I could stay with you. And again, no offense to anyone in Seattle, if you were a struggling actor or actress, move to L.A. or New York. I just got to think there aren't so many opportunities no, I mean, like, look, things shoot on location. It's great. Like, but you got to be somewhere to get the job. You know, yeah. you got to be in New York or Los Angeles to get the job. Will, yes, thank you for tipping $5 for to us so that Madison could get a new house. That's really a perfect use of money and exactly how all of this financially works. <laughs> I, I do feel like it's like having $5 is like having a normal amount of money in L.A. or um, yes. New York. So maybe it's like that's why she's staying mm-hmm. in Seattle. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, the $5 goes a slightly um, sure. longer way. However, Madison says, like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Couldn't be me. I would immediately move into a hotel and never go back. And Madison's like, you know, this pregnancy felt so real. But I failed to protect, you know, my daughter. Because I already mm. knew the, the baby's okay. sex. Cindy's like, you are being way too hard on yourself. Like, this is not on you whatsoever. That night. She doesn't even get one night apiece, that Allison. Night? We're She's already that getting night? out of the shower. It's that mm-hmm. night. She was safe in the hospital. But now it's the first night back. She gets out of the shower. She's in a robe. She sees the street light across her uh, across the street go out, and in the darkness, no, she no. sees a Someone's figure standing in the street. 
some, I don't want to point any fingers about who's doing it, but someone's Gabriel, out there chugging, sort of your chugging thing. the electricity. It's uh. somebody's signature move. That's his signature drink, electricity. <laughs> electricity. <laughs> Nothing like a, a shot of tricity to keep you going. <laughs> Unfortunately, when the when the streetlight comes back on, there's nobody there. Again, would be running screaming, mm-hmm. would be calling them. I'm burning the house down, and now also the streetlight, and everybody who could be in a 10-foot radius. Like, I just can't. It's too scary. Unfortunately, instead, she runs downstairs to lock the front door, was not locked. And then she runs to the back door. I uh, Runs to the back door. It is standing open in the beautiful Seattle rain. It did look very cozy. Stunning. She locks, she shuts and locks the door, Allison. When she turns back around, the door is standing open again. Nope. Okay. Good. So clearly this is my mind. It's like, this is proof that this is something that is, reality is not as it seems, or there is a supernatural event going on. Yes. Either way, you're fucked. Call, the, call your sister, at least make her come over call and deal with it. Call someone. You know. Um, and she keeps telling herself, there's no one here. It's all in my head. It's all in my head. Why on earth would you convince yourself of that? I, you know, and we're going to find out she has a lot of suppressed uh, mm-hmm. memories and information about her childhood. So clearly maybe this isn't keeping with like she's repressed this trauma and now her reaction to everything is to be like, it's in your head. This is your fault. You know, whatever. She goes to bed, locks herself inside and all night the light over the front porch just flickers on and off. In, at least in the morning she gets up, she Mm-mm. uses plywood to barricade the back door. She adds a million locks on the front door. Go so when her sister comes somewhere else. At least completely for a minute. Agree. Um, Toady from the chat says, someone needs to invent a version of Carfax for houses that mm-hmm. checks for paranormal and murder stuff. Yes. Absolutely. Show me the Absolutely. Carfax. Show me the house ghost. Like, show me the house ghost. The, I feel like they wouldn't ever sell any houses because there probably are a lot of uh, paranormal, mean, paranormal murder uh, reports going on. Yeah, there's this country is built on death, so, you know. Sydney stops by. She has to crawl into the second-story window because... Madison has essentially barricaded herself oh, in. And Madison finally tells Sydney about the night that Derek threw her against the wall. And there's like a crack in the plaster. And Sydney's like, I'm so sorry I did not know that this was going on. I'm so sorry. Like, I, you know, try to be there as a sister. And that's what she says. No one deserves to die that way, but fuck him. And Madison said, I, I had actually thought about leaving him, but then I found I was pregnant again. I was like, I got to try to stick that out. Never works. Terrible idea. <sighs> Terrible idea. Madison tells her part of the reason I so desperately wanted to have a child, I want to have a child is that I want to have a blood connection with someone. And she reveals to Sydney that Madison is adopted. She was adopted by their parents when she was eight and Sydney was in utero. And then Madison has, had been told that her biological mother had died during birth. Allison, why, why, why is this a secret in her house? Yeah. There's no reason for that to not be shared. Yeah, it's just like, okay, obviously, spoiler alert, you know, this is a horror movie. We're going to find out some other stuff with her adoption story. Of course. But in terms of just being adoption, adopted, yeah. one of my siblings is adopted, we talked about it. It, it yeah. was a known thing. Yeah. And in the movie, Sydney reacts like Madison told her, I'm going to start drinking electricity. Like, she reacts with sh- such shock, and it's like, this is why I feel like as we move forward in time as a society, we can be more honest about it. Like, maybe in the 50s, people weren't telling people they were sure. adopted. Right. But, like— This was 1993. You could definitely just be like, hey, that's the story. Anyway, we're a family. Exactly. And so, Sydney said, like, okay, so if you weren't adopted by your parents, you know, what was your what are your memories of your early childhood? And Madison says, I don't have any. Which is kind of late in the game to yes. not have any memories about your childhood. Mm-hmm. But again, mm-hmm. 
she's presuming something traumatic happened. I'm suppressing something. I'm choosing not to deal with it instead, entering into an abusive marriage, you know, handling it uh, like the worst way possible. But we've all been there, um, unfortunately. Allison, we then find ourselves on a tour of the Seattle Underground, which introduces me something I did not know about Seattle, which is it's an actual series of underground tunnels that when uh, after the Great Fire of 1889, the city was rebuilding and they actually built uh, part of it uh, a floor above. I don't know how any of that works. I don't know how that's possible. I don't understand. I, I mean, I barely understand how like a lock works, like a key lock. So like I, I'm not going to understand like, the intricacies <laughs> of like um, urban planning and underground development. Um, and so they, they built it a, a floor above to provide room for flooding. But as a result, there's all these sort of like antique little like shops and stuff that existed but was sort of just buried under the city. And our tour guide is a lovely middle-aged brunette that's woman real? who's telling us about it. It's a real thing. I looked it up. Yeah, because I was like, that seems like a James Wan uh, original. But no, no, it is real. If anyone's from Seattle, you please let me know if, if that's true. And um, she wraps up and she ends with a joke and everyone's like, hooray, we're so glad we took this tour our beautiful uh, underground Seattle. She goes to wrap up for the night. Allison, while she's taking money out, she's like putting everything away, the lights at the back of the tunnel start shutting off closer and closer to her. So she also hears a, a loud clang, which sounds like a metal pipe being dropped. I would be out of there so fast. I'm sprinting out and never looking back and leaving the city. Instead, she says, you can't be back there. She's there alone. No. She's like a, a, a 45, 50-year-old woman alone. No underground where there's like exactly it's already terrifying she goes to try to figure out what's going on suddenly she looks up to find a, a person with long stringy dark hair hiding in the rafters i think you know we've seen him before he drops down onto her as she screams when the tour guide wakes up allison she is tied to like a slanted attic wall <sighs> gagged in no. this person's lair. A lair? And we see like no. sort of a slow, he's got a lair, Allison. <sighs> you know, you know what? Men have layers. That's a man cave. That's, that's what happens. He has a man that's cave. That's what happens to man. That's the worst iteration of man caves is a lair. And there's like a big slow turning fan uh-huh. and no. all, all cobwebs and old antiques. <sighs> and we see this this person again we don't get a, a full look at them and they're going through all these boxes and the person puts on a long leather duster and and leather gloves now what is the likelihood that your lair comes pre-prepared with a leather duster and leather gloves not very high however this person puts them on allison when we see this person they are moving tripping trippingly with like their elbows bending backwards their knees going the other way they're falling. They're staggering. They're not moving like a normal person, Allison, which I think makes sense. We are getting some calls in the yeah. chat. This is very early, guys. See, I, yeah. People are, of course, they're demanding the Allison special. Yes, and 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 even though we are not even, I don't think, quite at the moment where we would be asking what would you do, I will say now already in this moment, I would kill myself. <laughs> I, right. There is right. no, like— I would figure out a way to rip myself off of a slanted ceiling and right and and put a find a gun like that's I would kill myself. Um, also, Chris said, "Ruin convention 2022 Seattle <laughs> Underground." Absolutely not. You guys can do that without us. 
I am not going. Yeah, we will be there in spirit. Yeah. No, we'll call it. We'll zoom in. Yeah, we'll By zoom in. We, we won't be able to figure out how to do no, that. We'll, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. We'll just be like, I don't know, <laughs> just, we'll call you. Yeah. I'm sure there's no service down there. Suddenly, Allison, we're still in the lair, okay? Of course we're we still in the, the lair. Radi- a radio squeal on, and we hear the same voice we heard in 1993 telling our tour guide, I can't tell you how long I've waited for this, but not yet. First, Dr. Weaver. And who is the voice we hear, Allison? That's right. It's malignant. No, it's Gabriel. Gabriel. We are hearing Gabriel's voice. Okay. This ca- person, this character okay. is Gabriel, okay. who we've already Unsupp- met and we yes. already know Understand- some of his powers. Understandably. I would like to what say his powers? it would be he drinks electricity and he can thank you he can also you know strong speak, I don't know speak I, through the yeah strong and speaks through the yeah. radio I would really love if he had the like um like FM radio voice though if he was like welcome to mix one hundred six point five the best hits of the eighties nineties <laughs> and today uh we're co- like I want that to be the voice this is your DJ Gabriel <laughs> and I am here, here. to <laughs> drink your tricks. here is another uh, hit from Peter Cetera it's that kind of you know I, that's like what I would like <laughs> it to be even though I know it's not. But so um, I can sleep tonight. That is what I'll be imagining. <laughs> I mean, I did give Gabriel your address. I hope that's okay. Oh, super chill. Cool. So so Gabriel, we know. So he's got this tour guide tied up. And then he said, I need to go do- deal with Dr. Weaver first. So Dr. Weaver, of deal. course, we met in 1993. We are now suddenly at Dr. Weaver's house. She answers the phone. And we hear Gabriel tell her, it's time to cut out the cancer. And apparently Dr. Weaver has been doing all sorts of shady, like unrecorded like medical procedures because she says who is this girl you don't you remember? should know if somebody says that to you you should be like oh it's the one time i said that yes. that horrific experience with that like inhuman boy who spoke to the radio monster. yeah like that's on you so it's like okay well the doctors are also responsible for this um, we see her, she's again, beautiful home, Good. stunning. Love she has that. all these, uh, trophies and awards and we zero in on an extremely ornate, uh, trophy, I guess, for excellence in surgery from the Northwest Medical Research Association. And it looks like, um, you know, like the staff of Hermes where it's like yes. the, the two snakes around mm-hmm. the staff and like the wings. This unfortunately for her is pointed upward and goes to a point. So it sort of looks like a, nope. um, dagger mm. with a base. Cool. Very dangerous. Shouldn't have it around chi- nope. children. Or After thinking for two fucking seconds, Dr. Weaver goes over to her files, pulls out a photo, and has this moment of like, oh, yeah, that guy. I forgot about him. That night, Madison is uh, putting her laundry together, goes down to the washing machine, opens the door, and behind the door, through the glass, she sees Dr. Weaver's screaming face. And Madison jerks back. And Dr. Weaver screams, what are you doing in my home? And Madison says, I'm in my home. What are you doing in my, like, this isn't your home. This is my home. Okay, this fancy house. Suddenly, Madison watches as the walls around her dissolve. And she is frozen in place. And she is forced to watch as the figure, who we now realize is Gabriel, in his coat and gloves, drags Dr. Weaver into her living room and prepares to kill her grabbing the trophy that's sort of a dagger shaped trophy again don't have it around the house if you've ever wronged anybody or done any right. sort of sketchy experiments he tells her again it's time to cut out the cancer and dr weaver says it's not possible but it is baby 
Gabriel is back. He then rips the dagger point off of the base. Great. And and as Dr. Weaver pleads for a life, and Madison watches, unable to do anything, like transported watching this happen. Right. Dr. Weaver says, what do you want? And Gabriel replies, to show you what the cancer has become. And then he brutally stabs her to death while Madison watches, which brings me to my question, Allison. If you were in this situation, what would you do? What would you do? Thank you, Matt Bouchelle, for our wonderful stings. Um, it's every time. It's every time. It's so hard. I, again, would love to kill myself. Um, I don't even know who I am in this, but all of those people should just take the take the easy way out in this scenario. Not that I think that suicide is, you know, again, asterisk, we know we do not condone suicide. However, um, in this scenario, if you find yourself in this scenario, I can't imagine a better way to escape than to just end it all. Because and again, like, it's always my argument where I'm like, even if you survive and make your way out of whatever nightmarish scenario you're in, you will be carrying forever with you in your brain this experience. And I don't want to watch somebody get brutally murdered by an electricity drinking psychopath. Now, we've been pointing out by the chat, There's this is a good point. They're saying you can't kill yourself because you already did earlier when the poor guy was in the attic. So I'm going to, but I'm going to push back and say, if not that Allison, if the Allison special, they're not serving it today. Sorry, we had it in the kitchen, but it ran out. It's so popular. What is the alternative to the Allison special? Let's say you're Madison specifically. You've watched this horrific murder. You know, again, you had this horrible life to begin with. You just lost your right. child. Your husband is a dirtbag, but you didn't want to see him murdered. Now you are watching a murder take place. Allison, what are you going to do? I mean, I guess she's trapped within the home, correct? Like As she's of trapped right now. in. Yes. She cannot look away. She cannot run. She cannot remove herself from watching this tableau. Yes. I think what I would try and do, and also oh, like in the chat, please let us know what you would do in this moment. It's going to take me a minute to like walk my way through a And again, real I want to be clear. No Allison specials. No Allison again, specials. Already, people love it. That's why it's so popular, but we, it's. Sorry, after lunch, it's pretty much always sold out, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a popular one, especially for seemingly this movie. And also, uh, tip us if you want. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Tip us if you would have chosen the Allison special for $1. I, like, I think what I would try and do is, like, track down phone or computer and, like, try and reach the outside world just to get, like, emergency services to the house. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, Like, I can't do anything. But I'm like, get let's get more eyes on the scenario. And like, yes. the, I think it's like a, the more the better. Yes. Uh, Allie's got a great suggestion. Go call a psychiatrist and a psychic. Order debatable. Yeah. Absolutely. You want to cover your bases. Yeah. You're going to want to have both. Okay. Mel says, might as well annoy the killer to death. I like that. I think I could do that. I could get there. I could get there. I could annoy someone to death, I think. There is something, and I, I mean, that is a real movie decision. Like, I'm going to taunt the killer. Or I'm going to taunt this person. I don't know how in real life, but it might throw them off their game. Game. Mm-hmm. Oh, Liana said, I'd start doing drugs. Great. You might as well. It's like, yeah. well. If not now, I mean, when? If not now, when? If not, why? Gabriel. This would be me drinking. This would be my first time drinking electricity. Yeah. I would drink all that electricity and try it. 
figure it out. I'd find James Wan and sells a script. Yes, exactly. I, yes, I think that that is also the answer. Like, if you do live through one of these horrific, like, horror movie-esque experiences, like, you would have to capitalize on it. That would you be the only to. way. You deserve this to. If anybody should. Exactly. You deserve to be rewarded for having this horrific thing happen to you. Allison, Madison screams. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. She wakes up and she finds herself on her own floor. It is morning. She has lost hours. And the back of her head is actively bleeding again. She needs to go to the hospital. She's not going to the hospital. I would go to the hospital. If, hey, and this is for the chat, and I'm serious here. If the back of your head starts spontaneously bleeding at any point in time, or not spontaneously, if something happened and it's bleeding, go to the just doctor. Go to a hospital. Go, go to, to urgent doctor. care. Yeah. You know? A city just, MD is the, it's a low lift. You should just go. They can at least tell you, hey, you're probably going to need to go to the ER. Yeah. At, over at Dr. Weaver's house, Detective Shaw and Moss, uh, they've been having a bear of a week. They're assigned to all I of mean, these murders. They're standing over her brutally murdered body, and uh, CST Winnie is there and informing them, it looks like they took this um, trophy and used the top of it because we found the base of it, and they were able to figure out, oh, it's shaped like a dagger. She was stabbed to death with one of her mm. own trophies, which she was awarded for her excellence in medicine, which, as we we're going to find out, hey, being a doctor doesn't mean you don't do terrible things in the yes. pursuit of um, medical excellence. Yes. And Detective Shaw says, I guess we just need to find the other half. And Winnie says, don't we all? And, like, looks at him longingly. It's like, girl, there is a corpse in the room. Like, the Santa Rom-com right now. I mean, he is a babe, so I completely understand it. In Dr. Weaver's office, they find the photo she was looking at right before she died. And it is a photo with some extremely familiar-looking bangs. And on the back, it says, Patient May, 1992. And again, this is good. If you have your same haircut your whole life, it will be easier for people to identify you through photos. That's thinking. Yes. Important to do. And so Moss tells Shaw that Weaver specialized in child reconstructive surgery. And she has a bookcase full of the <gasps> journals and files. And she's saying we have to take them and go through all of them. Cut to Gabriel back in his lair, Allison, taking the top of the trophy and hammering it and sharpening it no. into a full-on dagger. So, like, taking the, no. like, honing it into even more no. of a, a wieldable weapon. While the tour guide is still, like, tied to the walls. So this has been at least a day or two. I'm, I'm She's got to be pooping her pants. Peeing and pooping all over. Gabriel is so disgusting. He it doesn't even have the decency to take her to the restroom. You just know. They don't address it, but I know. No, yeah. But it's like, we know. They never talk about it, but they should. And the tour guy is trying to... Tell us when everybody's pooping and peeing. Exactly. Does Gabriel have to we poop and know. pee? We want to know. 
No, yeah. The it's, I, don't, I, I guess I don't, don't want to really know that, but, know, but I am curious, but don't want to know. I do want to know. Um, the, yeah. As the tour guide's trying to loose, get herself loosed from the uh, ropes, suddenly the dagger flies across the room and embeds itself in the wood next to her face. And he says, don't even try. Through the radio, of course. But Gabriel <gasps> tells her, don't even try. Mm-hmm. If you would yeah. try to escape, um, I will, of course, murder you. Sydney goes to find Madison, who is still reeling from this experience. She's vomiting. And she's listening to a report about the murder of Dr. Weaver. And Sydney's like, oh, did you know her, you know, from the hospital? And Madison says, no, but I saw her die. It was the guy that attacked me and Derek. And Sydney says, we're going to figure it out. How? Sydney, you're so optimistic. She's like, I'm going to use my princess skills. Right, like, if you, like, you got to think, I'm going to be an actress and live in Seattle, and I'm going to solve this bizarre, potentially supernatural murder. Good for you, yeah. Sydney. Good for you, girl. A lot of confidence. Over at the police precinct, Sean Mo- Moss are up to their eyeballs in child surgery photos, and Moss is like, I got to take a Great. break. I can't look at one of these yep. gnarly uh, images. enough. And Shaw takes that photo of the kid with the bangs to Officer Bosco. And he says, can you age this girl up to like 30 years old? We're trying to figure out, you know, who it is. Uh, uh, you've already met her, but okay. I, it's yeah. like, think about the one person you've seen in the last week that was also associated with a terrible murder. Um, I think you're going to be able to figure this out. Allison, that night at a different gorgeous apartment across okay. from Silver Cup and I'm assuming this is a reference to Silver Cup Studios in Astoria it's supposed to be in Seattle but it's like it looks like the Silver Cup um logo for the which are actual studios where they shoot things in you and your love of queens um I, I do miss queens but anywho we have a sign <laughs> we are still in Seattle though and we see Dr. Victor Fields who we will also remember from Simeon Medical Research Facility okay he's on the phone He's been. He found out about found out about the uh, murder of Dr. Weaver, and he said, "Who would do something like this?" It's like, girl, look at any of the patients. Clearly, you were doing some not above board business. If Madison yeah. has no memory, or like we we obviously know something is going on. If if your patients something are ending up as, like yes. how they've been ending up, the person yes. on the other line who he calls John, and Dr. Fields like cuts him off before he can respond and says, "Don't bring up Simeon. That was a different time." So even they know what they were doing was shady. They knew it was wrong. Suddenly, Allison, that old familiar electrical whine comes through the phone and the phone hangs up. Mm. When Dr. Fields turns around, the window is open and there are wet footprints into his closet. And you know what he does? Wet. It's raining. Well, it's raining, obviously. Uh, I'm so sorry. It's Seattle. Of course. It's torrentially raining raining all the time. All the time. Um, But he sees wet footprints into his home. It's on the fourth floor or or fifth. It's definitely, it's not someone just hopped in. Somebody scaled the building and is coming into his apartment. And you know what he does, Allison? He goes into the closet where the footprints lead. He turns the light, he looks around, and then he takes a coat because he's packing for a vacation. He's like, I can't miss my flight. I got to keep going here. No, I know it's like you got to be prepared. But I'm like, if I see wet footprints leading from a window into my closet again, I'm calling no one. The task at hand has been abandoned. Yes. and uh, It's fine. And they don't explain it, but it's like he's obviously packing, but then he's also going to bed. So I'm like, okay, he has a very early flight. He has to get up at five. We've all been there. So he's like, okay, somebody's Mm. in my closet. I can't see them. That's fine. Allison, he gets into bed and his entire apartment with the lights off is just illuminated by this bright red silver cup apartment sign which I absolutely love. Also, this was the most insane, gorgeous walk-in apartment you could possibly imagine. Over in her bed, Madison wakes up and realizes that Mm. she is suddenly lying next to Dr. Fields in his bed. 
again, she's having one of these illusions or, or images. Yes. She is there in the room. From behind okay. her, Gabriel crawl does his little signature <gasps> spider crawls. Mm-mm. And then Look, as why he's, is he so spidery? He straddles Dr. Fields and his elbows and knees are bending the wrong way. Unfortunately, Ugh. even with that, that you know, he has a slight uh, issue with that. He takes the dagger and he absolutely stabs Dr. Fields to death brutally in the face while Madison screams silently, paralyzed, in the room, but really in her bed, unable to do anything, horrified. Ugh. Kate in the chat, killing it. I mean, not in the way that Gabriel does, but she said, and when there was one set of wet footprints, that's where Gabriel carried you. Absolutely. And then in this fantasy, Allison, Gabriel turns to look at Madison. I want to, I want, I don't know. Can you imagine, can you guess what Gabriel's face looks like? Just wild blue sky it. What, What would you make this person's face look like? It's definitely long okay. in a way that's unhuman, uh, like a long, like a long head. Okay. Um, what color are we going with the face? Like a, like a gray. Okay, great. Like a whitish gray. Okay, and then like ghoul- ghoulish. How are we thinking about a nose um, or lips? Are we putting them on or are we taking them off? I think no nose and like a mouth, but no lips. Okay, here's what we see, Allison. His face is oh, no. tiny. It is bright red and it is covered in blood. He's got no nose. He's got no lips. His teeth are like, and he has tiny little beady green eyes. Madison. It's weird that his face is small. Yes, it is. It's it's also, um, I believe you actually might see it a little bit in the trailer. So that might have been, you know, a question for. Mm -hmm. Sure. A question for the sequel. What will we have the next Gabriel look like? Understandably. Um, Brad says, oh, so he's Adam Driver. That is kind of who you were describing. I mean, I was describing Adam Driver. I just imagined, like, he, you know, he's everywhere it's right like now. like he's shirtless and he's like an incredible actor. And he's jacked. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, move over, Brahms. Gabriel's in town. No one move over Brahms. Brahms is still my number one. So Madison wakes up screaming in her own bed, of course. And Sydney, luckily, has started Naturally. staying there and runs in. It was like, are, are you Okay only to find the back of Madison's head is bleeding again. Take her to the goddamn hospital. This girl. It's, go to the hospital. Instead, they go to the police, and Madison finally says, I saw these two murders. I don't know how to explain it. I'm having visions of the same person that attacked me and Derek. Okay? And so Sydney's like, okay, so maybe when he attacked you and Derek, you guys formed some sort of psychic bond. And Detective Moss is like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not a real thing. We live in the real world. That's also a better guess than anybody else is going to put forward based on reality because, like, at least that is consistent with what she's explaining. And 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 Sydney says, well, you guys work with psychics so- sometimes, don't you? And Mass is like, no, we don't. That's not real. You know, it's like, okay, well, we got to okay. explore this, you know. At least she's looking for answers. And uh, Mann says, here's how I'm going to prove it is – I saw the sign for the Silver Cup Apartments. So and they haven't even heard the report of Field's death yet. They don't even, this is a totally okay. new information. So she's like, if we go there and he, it's exactly where I said it was, and he has been killed, then I'm right. And if I'm wrong, and if I'm delusional, that that will prove it. So, of course, they go there, and it's, good logic. it's in North Beacon Hill. Seems like a very she-she neighborhood. They all roll, roll up, and unfortunately, when they finally get to his apartment, he's as dead as a doornail. His face has been stabbed completely in, and you just see his, like, ragged oh. teeth left. 
Ugh, just teeth? Which brings me to my favorite scene. They're back at the precinct, and the police sketch artist is trying to recreate what Gabriel's face looks like based on what Madison no! says. So he has, like, no skin, long, gorgeous hair, tiny green eyes, no nose or lips, covered in blood, and Moss <laughs> is just looking at it, and it's just a funny beat. She's like... Okay, so I'm going to put on a bolo on Sloth from the Goonies. And I was just like, yeah, if we see this guy, it'll be pretty. We'll definitely recognize him. Even if you had it described him, if we saw this guy, we'd pick him up. <laughs> right, yeah, like, he's up to something. <laughs> Something's amiss with because him. Because it's one thing to be like, this is what you look like. It's another thing to be like, and I will also have like incredibly long hair. Like gorgeous, beautiful locks. What color is the hair? It's dark. Like a dark brown. Mm. Okay. It, d- it looks natural. I was imagining white. Oh, I'm imagining, I think, a character from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> what character? I could the chat tell me what character else is thinking about? Because I do not believe that's a character in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> but, like, doesn't somebody's skin melt off and they have white hair in Who Framed Roger oh, Rabbit? Oh, yes. Uh, Christopher Lloyd's character. Yeah. I think I, I was think imagining he has long a little... hair, though. Like, long, beautiful hair. I don't know. I'm just imagining, like, hair. Okay. Well, this is, no, this is sort of like, <laughs> okay. like, it, it's like a grown-up. Like my hair. Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of looks like your hair, but <laughs> in a way worse shape and, like, a darker, cool. a darker look, I would say. Okay. But it's still, it was gorgeous hair. If he really wanted to do something with it, he could do something with it. Um, so, there is there still the police okay. is precinct advance. is like, I need to use the restroom. I need to, like have a moment for myself and yeah. Shaw and Sydney start flirting. So they kind of have that dynamic going on. Madison goes to the bathroom to regroup. Her head is killing her, obviously, because it keeps bleeding. Something is wrong with her. The lights start flickering in the police station bathroom, Allison, and her cell phone rings. Allison, it's... Someone's doing shots of Tricity. It's fucking Gabriel calling her on her phone. Of course. And Allison says, hello... Oh, sorry, Allison. Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> let's just get me out of there. That's not... Gabriel says, hello, Emily. Oh my God, that's who you mixed me up with? <laughs> no, I think of you as very different and not in any way the same now that you've mentioned your hair looks similar. <laughs> Gabriel says, hello, Allison. Okay. And she tells him, no, my name is nope. Madison. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you're calling me. And Gabriel tells her, your fake mother gave you the name Madison. Your shitty marriage gave you the name Mitchell, her last name. But you'll always be Emily to me. And Madison says, reasonably enough, who are you? Very good question. I know who I am. Even if they say I'm only in your head. I don't know what you're talking about. Who let them tell you I wasn't real? That I was just a voice and you believed them? Now, I'm going to make them pay for what they did. One, five, one. Madison screams, Gabriel, no, Allison. She suddenly knows his name. She is unlocking (gasps) memories. She didn't know, he didn't say his name was Gabriel. No. We know his name's Gabriel. All of a sudden, Madison has reclaimed a memory. Oh, yeah, we're getting, uh, Amanda, guess the twist. It was Allison the whole time. Shit. Mm -hmm. Well, we ruined it. She's, this is That's it. I ruined this movie by being malignant. So Gabriel, of course, laughs at her remembering his name, and she says, oh, you you always knew deep down, and we're only getting started. And Madison runs back into the police station, and she's like, um, I think we got to go. We got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. 
and takes uh but Cindy. like where do you go where do you go how do you get he can call you with his mind on your yeah. phone i don't know no no okay. allison is the malignant i mean again that'd be a phenomenal twist if she was the, va- yes. the bad guy all along as soon as they leave, Shaw goes to the Officer Bosco and she says, did you age progress that photo? And he's like, yeah, I put it on your desk. I thought that's why you brought her in. And then he looks at the photo. It's Madison. Obviously, it's Madison. Obviously. They have the same We all bang. knew it was her. We all knew. Catch up to us, Shaw. Also, how long could that possibly have taken? Just put it in the Instagram filter and move on. I mean, that's pretty much what it implies. It was like, I already did it. It was on your desk for hours. In the yeah. car, <laughs> Madison tells Sydney, his name is Gabriel. He's from before I can remember from my past. We have to talk to our mother and find out, like, what did they tell her when we I was adopted? Mm-hmm. Like, did mm-hmm. I have a brother? Mm-hmm. Like, what what, what was right. going on? So they go to see their mother who is in a wheelchair and is on supplemental oxygen. And uh, Madison's like, so did they mention, did I have a brother? And she's like, no. Like, we asked. Like, we said if she had siblings, like, we would take them too. Like, we were open to, you know, uh, sibling sets. We would remember if they had said you had a brother. And so Madison says, so the, who the hell is Gabriel? And her mother has this immediate look of dread. And luckily, <gasps> everyone in this era was recording everything. So it was like during the 90s. So everyone, mm. we didn't have a video right. camera, but luckily everyone else did. And they, she, her mother puts on a video of Madison's ninth birthday. And her mother's like, huh, I remember and that. And she was adopted when she was eight? Yeah. So around, so pretty much like her first birthday okay. with the family. Um, okay. And also her, her, her adoptive mother is pregnant with Sydney. So she's at that, at that time. time. Okay. So yeah. So now Madison's nine and Sydney's about to be born. But so is her first sort of year with with her new um adoptive parents. And her mom goes, Hi, remember that. We asked the whole class, but no one came. And Madison smiles and goes, Yeah, they thought I was a freak. In the video, we hear Madison turns to her he- side mm-hmm. and speak to someone who mm-hmm. is not there and say, Stop saying that. They are. And so of course her adoptive parents are like, Who are you talking to? You know, and eventually they find out it's Gabriel. They're assuming Gabriel. it's an imaginary friend. But she's like, it, he is real. He is not an imaginary no, friend. Fine. Demon friend. In another video, she's talking to like a play phone. Because, of course, we know that um, Gabriel uh, drinks less electricity and can use phones, even like the play mm-hmm. school ones. And we yes. hear her saying, mommy says they'll still love me when the baby comes. She says nothing will change. Please don't hurt the baby. And her adopted dad goes, hey, what's going on over here? Like, interrupts her. And her mom's like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, when you first moved here, you talked to Gabriel all the time. And a lot of it was, like, very disturbing. But we just assumed, okay, this something very traumatic happened to this girl. She has an imaginary friend. She's working through a lot of stuff. Yes. And we just thought we're going to love her and support her. And eventually, she won't need this anymore. And, and she's like, and her mother says, and I hope we weren't wrong. And Madison's like, no, you weren't because I don't remember any of this. You know, like, I have no memory. So, obviously, you guys were doing a good job. So, why is Gabriel now back? Why is this person from my childhood, why are are they back? Back at the police precinct. Person feels like a loose entity, a figure. I know, I couldn't exactly figure out a way to call it. It's like, he's not just some guy. But he is, he's not a ghost. He's not, he's a thing. He's a thing. And I'm gonna say entity. Okay. I'm gonna say, that yeah. seems so over the police precinct, sure. Shaw finds a jump drive with a file for patient E May, Emily May, which of course um we know is yes. Madison. She was in the care of Simeon for seven years, which means pretty much <gasps> as soon as she was born, she was her her uh, biological mother dropped her off at Simeon. Why? Okay. Well, we're good about to find out. 
In the video, Dr. Weaver says Emily has been experiencing psychosis, seeing visions, and hearing the voice of what she calls the devil. So this is like seven-year-old, six-year-old <sighs> Emily okay. slash Madison. Mm-hmm. She's hearing these voices. And they con- contact a third doctor, John Gregory, out of Hopkins to consult with. You know, and because he's not an idiot, Shaw sees like, okay, so Dr. Fields is dead. Dr. Weaver's dead. And in this video, they reference a third doctor. I got to call that motherfucker up and find out if he's dead. Yeah. He finds the guy's address. He lives in Seattle, unfortunately for this guy. Shaw races to the apartment. Allison, floor to ceiling, goddamn windows. It's open concept. It's essentially one gigantic room. Gorgeous. Like a loft style. Yes, a loft style apartment. A loft style apartment in Seattle. Like, I mean, it sounds so luxurious. So he busts in right as Madison finds herself in another illusion, another sort of, uh, she's being trapped in Dr. Gregory's bathroom. So she's there She's there watching. Gorgeous bathroom? Stunning. Oh, clawfoot tub. He's reading his iPad. It's like, well, I guess it really is. You really do make a lot of money running some sort of weird experimental child surgery yes. mental institution that nobody talks about. I guess if you, like, invest yeah. that money. Unfortunately, she's there. She's unable to affect the reality It's there that he is in. Gabriel shows up, and right as Shaw makes it into the bathroom, he finds Dr. Gregory has been stabbed to death. He got there just a little bit too late. However, Madison, because she's stuck in her reality, is screaming and trying to tell Shaw... He's still in the apartment. So Gabriel is still there. Suddenly Shaw looks oh, no. up and Gabriel loves to be on the ceiling. It's like his favorite place. He he seems like a real ceiling head, you know, just always <laughs> hanging on the ceiling. I mean, he's always upside down, hanging around. Suddenly Gabriel drops down from the ceiling and attacks Shaw. Luckily, Shaw has the one thing that's Gabriel's weakness, a gun. So he's able to get a shot off at Gabriel and he what a takes off running. Shaw is chasing Gabriel, who, again, is running all wrong. The way he's running is categorically incorrect. Well, all of his joints, I think, are backwards. So he's running backwards. He's, like, slamming into corners. His elbows and knees are going all wiggly-waggly. He gets to the fire escape, and he's not simply running down the fire escape. He's, like, jumping down the outside of the fire escape and then lands on a dumpster. He has superhuman abilities, and Shaw gets to the bottom running. He's like, fuck it. And he jumps onto the dumpster lid, too. Rolls off. Okay. Allison, unfortunately, Gabriel runs into the Seattle underground. This is what I'm like, call for backup. <sighs> Do not follow this person, murderer, first of all. Second of all, who Don't go underground saw, with backwards joint psychopath murder killer. Like, don't do that. leap and grab each successive uh, flight of the fire escape. This person has, like, is elite, an Olympic athlete and is out to kill. You're better off losing him and, like, getting a real amount of, like, manpower to try and trap him than you are going after him alone. Unfortunately, he doesn't do that. He follows him into the underground. So there's a lot of, like, fun antique like, you know, like, oh, it's a horse-drawn carriage. Oh, it's a barrel. Oh, it's like a wheat thresher. Mm -hmm. They're running Mm -hmm. through. It's completely lightless except Shaw has a flashlight. At one point, um, to escape, Gabriel kicks in a wall and then crab walks through the hole, which you saw in the trailer. So he's even moving in ways that there's no way Shaw could even get a shot off of him. And finally, he finds him in like a sub, sub, sub basement surrounded by antiques. 
and Gabriel shoves a carriage at him and Shaw barely dodges it. But he doesn't see that Gabriel is on top of the carriage and he leaps off and they're on top of the carriage. Then engaged in like hand-to-hand combat, but luckily Shaw has the ultimate weapon, a gun. And that's the one nice Thank thing God. where it's like Gabriel can drink electricity, but he can't drink bullets. If you had some sort of electric gun, you'd be in trouble. Right. And it's like I and I think we as ruined, very anti-gun, not fans of guns. But I will say in the world of horror, they do seem like it's good to have one around in these scenarios where like you're like, I can't control like I'm not an FM radio. I'm not mm-hmm. electricity. Like I like this is like something that can actually do the job. You hear it here first, people. I am not an FM radio. I am not an FM radio. In the morning, Sean Moss goes to Madison's house and sit with her in Sydney and say, okay, here's some information. All three of these murder doctors have worked on the same case, the the case of patient E. May, which we've established. They say, Madison, you were the case study. They were your doctors. We as the audience, we already kind of pieced that together because of the haircut, but this is her finding out. And they say, we think you were born Emily May. And she said, oh, my God, that's what Gabriel called called me when he telephoned me yesterday. And they said, okay, we have a hypnotherapist that we want to try to unlock what happened to you before you were eight. And Sydney's like, haha, I knew it. And Detective Boss is like, that is not a psychic. It is a hypnotherapist. That's a real thing that we're going to try. And luckily, they have the hypnotherapist, like, on deck or she was waiting in the car or something because she's there in a second. And she's putting Madison under And she's trying, she's like, I remember being at a hospital and Gabriel was there too. And he followed me home from the hospital. And we see her memory, like she's now suddenly in the past, of a ruined baby shower cake. So it's like for uh, her adoptive parents and Sydney's about to be born. So they have like a happy, you know, like congratulations, like a pink cake. And she's smeared the icing. And her adoptive parents are like, why would you do this? You know, it's your mom's special cake. And like, you know, we were going to eat it in a second anyways. Also, it's still cake. And Madison says, it was Gabriel. And Madison in in the current day said, whenever he does something bad, I'm the one who gets in trouble. And (gasps) we see again, Gabriel calling her on the plate telephone. And he tells Madison to do something unspeakable. Next thing you know, nine-year-old Madison is holding a knife and she's about to cut into the baby shower cake. In the middle of the night, I guess, to try some or bring it to her mom. Unfortunately, she then Mm -hmm. has that same, like, uh, wallpaper melting reality reveal where she's not standing over the cake, Allison. She's standing over her adoptive mother's pregnant stomach and is about to (gasps) stab the knife into it. Luckily, her adoptive mother wakes up and screams, Madison, what are you doing? And Madison, Madison realizes what's going on and drops the knife. So Madison is now realizing there's some kind of dual. Yes. He can have power over her brain. Yeah. So this is not the first time. Like the fact that she's seeing these murders, this is not the first time. And um, she's screaming and she's saying in in modern life, still hypnotized, like, no, it was Gabriel. It wasn't me. And the hypnotist wakes her up. And Madison says, oh, my God, like this has happened before. This happened when I was a child. He would create these reality. Like I, I would wake up in strange places. I would see these hallucinations. And I don't know how, but I knew that Gabriel was trying to hurt the baby. And he said, and she says to Sydney, is this her baby or the baby? Then? The baby. So Sydney. And and Madison says to Sydney, okay. if he, it's as if he knew that if you were here, I wouldn't need him anymore. And he was right. Because as soon as you were born, like, I don't, I have no memory of him whatsoever. 
Okay. And so Moss, who's the, the plot the, he's a, she's a voice of reason, says, okay, so are we saying your killer is your imaginary friend? And it's like, okay, yes, catch up. That's obviously what's happening. Allison, the tour guide finally gets one hand free. She's still tied <gasps> up I in that lair. forgot about her. She's still tied up there. Oh she finally gets out. It's like, girl, get out of that lair. She's able to get like some sort of weird instrument because the lair's full of them and saw through. I mean, if there's anything in a lair, it's instruments. And she's panicking and she's trying to get out because obviously, uh, you know, Gabriel can return at any minute. She's walking towards the door quietly. And then I guess in there, it's an attic. And so unfortunately, it has a thing where the floor is not finished. It's just insulation. She steps through the insulation and she falls through the floor. And Allison, where does she fall into? And I'm going to have the chat. The tour guide falls oh, yeah. through the floor of uh, Gabriel's guess. lair and falls into a different location. Where is, where does she fall into? Allison, where does she fall into? Uh, where does she fall? Uh, you know, we don't have a sting for every, you know, individual movie. Uh, I'm going to guess she's in Madison's house. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna take some guesses real quick. Sorry, again, we're on the delay. Yeah, we're on a delay. So, you know, type them in, figure it out. Yeah, if you have any that aren't uh, Madison's house, because that was Allison's guess. Yeah, my guess was Madison's house. Sure. Oh, wait. Okay. Tony, Tony, huge tub of huge jello. Tub. What an excellent guest, Tony. A dream, honestly. I would love to. I fall feel like into it'd be soft. It depends on how, because if you fell all the way down. Right. Yeah. I guess we're asking, like, we're like, it's like what height and what depth are we dealing with? Mark, a Pearl Jam concert. She wishes. Wait, yes. I mean, it would probably be a hard yeah. fall. But no, I guess they we're could catch in, her. Yeah. We're back in present time, though, and not 1993. So, but maybe, yeah, she falls through there. time back to 1993 mm. and then is caught. Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, Alex. She falls out of the, the old beach old from Edmund Chamblon's old. An excellent guess. And then she gets olded and dies of old. Damn. This is, yeah. Oh, okay. Frazier's living room. I love it. And then we'll. Does she fall onto the recliner and the dog? Killing is the dad. That'd be great. Killing the All right, dad. We'll just finally. do one more. One more. Oh, and then finally Jordan falls onto the space needle. <laughs> okay. Oh, all great, great guesses. Guess. These are great guesses. Excellent guesses. Uh, but no, Allison was correct. She falls through the attic floor and into Madison's living room. <laughs> Maria, the original Starbucks. The I love the Seattle Starbucks. references. And Madison, of course, starts. Okay, shrieking. so she's in Madison's house. Unfortunately, Allison, and I think the cops, and this is mostly Detective Moss, but even Shaw has to be like, well, it sure did seem like she knew about all the murders, and this all is connected to her own trauma from her past. And now the woman who has been kid, a missing person, was tied up in her attic. We're pretty sure. So the lair was in the attic. Yes. Like, actually was in the yes, attic. Yes, it was physically in the attic. Okay. And so I think Upsetting. the cops are like, I think we got to take Madison in for a little more questioning. Because it sure seems like this. she might be doing this. And I, I, at this point, it's hard to argue with that. So they put her into the cop car. Sydney begs him, like, let her go. And Moss is like, you have to know how this looks. The, it, she is our number one suspect. Please leave. We just are bringing her down, you know. And Winnie calls them inside and says, not only is the, was the tour guide in his attic, and she is now grievously injured. She was taken to the hospital. She's alive, but she's in a coma because she fell yeah, from course. a fucking attic. Also, the house had a second floor. So that implies that she fell from the attic hard enough to go through the second floor. Maybe there were bad bones. I mean, maybe the, look, there was some, yeah. It's an old house. They should be good bones, but it could be bad bones. But yeah, she fell so hard, she slammed through the second floor 
floor and then landed in the living room, which obviously would um, injure anybody. And But Winnie says, hey, okay, so it's not just the tour guy being here. We found this guy's leather cloak. We found his insane dagger stabbed into, like, mm-hmm. a stool. We found his gloves mm-hmm. in her attic. And Matt Mouse is like, I knew it from day one. Like, there was no forcible mm-hmm. entry. I knew she had to be involved. Shaw is still like, well, I did chase him into the underground, so it seems unlikely that would be her because that seems insane. But she clearly is connected. Maybe she's assisting this Something's person. Something's going yes. on. So they take so they take Madison downtown, and Moss plays bad cop to Shaw's good cop. And Madison says, you saw him. He is real. And Shaw says, who is the woman in your attic? But Madison's like, I don't know. I didn't put her there. What? I have no idea yeah. why this tour guide, who I don't know, would be in the attic. And Moss says, here's what I think. I think those doctors helped you way back when, and it helped you for a while. And now you've lost your mind, and you are blaming them for fucking you up. And Madison's screaming like that's not fucking true. And as she's screaming, Allison, the light bulbs in the interrogation room explode. <gasps> okay. Suddenly, Shaw's phone rings. And you know it's Gabriel. And Madison tells him he wants to talk to you. Shaw answered and after some like the squealing feedback, Gabriel says, hello, detective. You know who I am. You found me. You found my things. And I want them back. And Shaw and Moss are like... <gasps> So is Madison a part of this? Is she assisting you? And he says, dumb bitch, didn't even know I was nesting in her home. Who are you, Gabriel? Oh, I thought she had already told you. I'm a figment of her imagination. <laughs> Ask her what she used to call me. The devil. Allison, we've arrived at a very important part of the movie. And it is, of course, who will survive? Who will survive? Okay. And I can refresh you. And also, we'd like to have some uh, votes. Yeah, would love you guys weigh in on who you think will survive. um, And we'll read some of the answers. Uh, And also, Christina said, please, please talk about the fashions in the holding cell. Christina, thank you for this reminder. You're absolutely right. I will be there in just a minute. And I can't wait to tell Allison about the the fashion moment that is happening in the police holding cell. I'm excited to hear about the looks. Um, Um, But who's left? All right, we got Madison, our main character. Is she making Mm. it out alive, Allison? No. Okay. All right. Wait. No, I'm going with yes for her. Yes, okay. And what about Sydney? She's surviving. Sydney, the, the Sydney's sister. Sydney's dying. Okay. I think Sydney's going to die. I think the cops. Yeah, we got Shaw, we got die. Moss. We got two detectives. Mm-hmm. I think I think one will survive and one will die, but I don't know who. I think maybe Moss survives. Okay, great. Um, Madison and Sydney's mom. Going to die. Um, Winnie, the crime scene tech who has a crush on Shaw. Oh, I hope she survives. She is cute. I hope so too. And then, um, the tour guide woman who, again, the, she, we, Madison has been through so much and then just below her, the tour guide woman who had spent days pooping and peeing in her pants. Pooping and peeing in her pants tied in the in, lair. Tied in an attic lair by a, a madman. Is she making a thrill? Want her to make it through because she's been through so much. Though I also don't wish for anybody to live on with that trauma. So I'm going to say she survives, but that's somehow a tragedy. And then, of course, I have to ask it. 
Gabriel. I mean, is Gabriel even alive now? This like, is a great question. I think I think he's a ghost already, so he doesn't survive, but has been dead a long time. Okay, Melanie, he says the hot guys always die, and and I should have stressed this earlier. Oh, Detective Shaw correct. is hot, and <gasps> I think this is a really interesting point because the only I think other the hot guy guys we have do always die is Gabriel, who has his own charm. You know, we love a man who could drink sissity. Okay. But, like, at the same time, like, he's not hot he's from not your hot. description. Right. He has he has his own... He has kind of his own look. Je ne sais quoi, he's just je ne sais quoi, je ne sais as quoi. the French yes, would say absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, Andrew's guest, the tour guide, lives to give another tour. I mean, I hope she can move on, like, that she no longer has to do that job underground anymore. I hope to God that that job provides her health insurance. You That's know it doesn't. Thing, you know it like, doesn't. You work as a part-time tour guide. You know what I mean? You can't afford health insurance. Then you're put there by a madman. Where you fall, so you're, you're they trapped down in your a death, fight. but you're yeah. near death. Yeah, no. You should okay. be able to get madman health insurance, madman insurance mad for you get insurance. kidnapped. Not madman insurance, madman insurance. Right. Madman insurance what mad is mad just sag, mad insurance is, Yeah. <laughs> just sag after. Hey, yo. Yeah, it's, you could just drink um three martinis at lunch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But is, excuse me, Hallie. His name is Detective Smoke Show. Who played him? Um, I'll look it up. Uh, he's no Brahms, Let's says see. Diana, which is true. No one is Brahms. Brahms, if you don't... Do we even see Brahms' um, face? I forget. Uh, no, I don't think... I, I've never seen the movie. I just know from your description that he's shredded and lives alone and doesn't have uh, in-laws. And so he's my dream man. Okay, so we have um, uh, Detective Shaw is George Young. He is British. Okay. I... He's he's hot as hell. Right. I mean, um, great. I'm trying to find what else he's been. He's been in a lot of um, British. Taiwanese, mm. um, a lot of different sort of um, Asian language projects. I'm looking for something that we w- might have seen him. He has an educational podcast called Jolly Good Kangaroo that focuses on children's storytelling in British and American English. Oh. Well, that's really lovely. I love it. He is married, right. so well, you will have to deal with that. But okay. He raises money for kids with autism. All okay, right. Well, he's it's great. Perfect. He's a perfect Thank man. That's for... wonderful. Good for him. And, of course, uh, take it. But he is still no Brahms. Allison. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Back at Madison's mom's house, she and Sydney are like, we are going to figure this out. Like, this is not the Madison we know. There's no way that she'd be out here murdering all these doctors. She doesn't even own Like, why would she be able to, like, wield a dagger and jump down the side of a building? Like, this just does not add up. And so Sydney decides, I'm going to drive up to Simeon Medical Hospital and look for information. 
drives up, and apparently it's so far away, she leaves in the day and arrives at night. And she parks, because it's CGI, parks like two feet from a cliff. And it's this oh, incredible shot. It's like pure camp of like, we could just have it be a regular parking lot. No, she pulls up to a terrifying like a moon lip, sheer drop off. Perfect. So good. I love it. Like if you were to roll slightly forward, your car's just flipping over. And she breaks into the hospital and spray painted, because people have been breaking in ostensibly for years, it says, welcome to hell. <gasps> and she goes down into the records. And she's, of course, hearing all these crazy signs. And Allison, you think because you're in a spooky hospital, something horrible is going to happen. And James Wan said, nope, this is a James Wan's original. Next thing you know, Sydney is back home, has a ton of VHS tapes, totally safe. Nothing weird happened in the hospital. And now she and mom and her mom are going through the tapes of um, Madison, or what she was called last, Emily, trying to figure out something. I just thought that was so funny to be like, oh my God, there's going to be like a a deranged doctor or like an abandoned patient. It's like, we don't have time for that. We have so much else going on. Also, thank you to Madison in, which also spooky, um, who tipped $5 for Allison and Brahms' wedding. We are going to get married. I mean, I don't really want to get married, but like I would marry Brahms. He's got money. Um, and ripped. And he's ripped. He's got everything you like. Everything you want. Um, so over at the police station, they put Madison into the, the holding cell. She's screaming, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Mm, but they're like, okay, like, well, it seems like you're in cahoots with this guy. You know, like you've been the central to this. Like maybe if it wasn't you, then you're helping this right. other person. He he had my, uh, my phone number. You know what I mean? Like he's calling the detectives you've been talking to. Maybe you wanted to be a part of this. Like who knows? She's screaming there, and um, as we were alerted, I am so glad that you um, called out the fashions, Christina. Every single woman in the holding cell looks like a stereotype of, like, a character from a women's prison movie in, like, the 70s. Like, a sexploitation. Like, there's, like, like a butch biker and, like, a chola and, like, a, a statuesque. 70s black woman with an afro and like a gold jumpsuit like everyone looks like it's like like central casting casting. (laughs) in a way like no one actually like there's women who are like obviously supposed to be like you know like sex workers or whatever and they're all wearing like filthy tank tops they're like what are you looking at sweetheart you know like it's like maybe one woman's like that but everyone else it's like people wear like normal clothes you know that kind of thing and they all immediately start hustling her, hackling her. They're like, what are you in here for not recycling? They're like making fun of her. And I was like, again, maybe that would happen, but it, it's unclear. Oh, and also the Bush Biker woman is played by Zoe Bell, who's a, um, a stunt person. And I was like, oh, she's the most famous person in this movie, which I thought was like really fun and interesting. Um, and I was that also made me be like, why is there a stunt person in this scene? Well, you're about to find out, Allison. And they all start, like, sort of haranguing her. So we're cutting between this scene of her being like, I don't belong here, I yeah. don't belong here. And everyone's being like, check out, you know, princess Newbie. over yeah. here. Everybody's got a and Brooklyn accent for some scene. reason. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Um, oh, we got a tip $5 for Dave, boyfriend of the Aww. pod. Thank you so much. Uh, we, of course, had a, a low-key tech issue right before the pod started. And he was able to help me out and figure yes. it out. And I was like, God bless yes, you. Dave is Hallie's um, Brahms. Yes, if he could drink electricity. He, he, the only person I've ever dated who I could believe it yeah. if he said he'd drink electricity. <laughs> so we're cutting between Madison sort of starting to freak out in this holding cell and then seeing your mom watching these videos of Dr. Weaver and Dr. Fields and Dr. Gregory. Okay. And we get the backstory finally of, finally of Madison slash Emily. So we find out that their mother is a woman named Serena uh, Joy or Serena May. 
And she... I'm like, is this The Handmaid's Tale? Yeah, I, of course, we're a joy. Serena May, she was just 15 when she was raped and then basically forced to carry her pregnancy to term. And there's an interview with her, with Dr. Weaver, and she basically says, like, my mother won't help me. She called my pregnancy a transgression against God. I don't know how to look after them on my own. Mm. He's an abomination. Please look after Emily. So again, I can't look after them. He is an abomination. Please look after Evelyn. What we realize now is that the tour guide, Do you, have you pieced this together? Who is the tour guide, Allison? The mother? Yes. Okay. So, okay. and this, yes. we don't know this whole time. We're like, who is this random tour guide that had to go through all this yes. bullshit? The tour guide was Serena. Tour, okay. She is the mother. She's only 15 years. That's why so it's that's- not immediately like, oh, she's, you know, it's like, right. oh, okay, she's 45. They're 30, you know. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, she is in her hospital bed. She can't give any insight. She's in a coma, as we've established. Uh, but Moss and Shaw oh, are sort of like, okay, so Serena was the mother of Emily. He must also be the mother of Gabriel. But they can't ask her about it because she's not conscious. She's in a coma. She's the only person who could sort of put the pieces together. But her being like, he's an abomination, save her. Like, how did she know? Well, Allison, we're about to find out. Oh, okay, great. Because let me tell you, let's, let's remember to be the beginning. Okay. We remember some facts about Gabriel, drinks less tri- electricity, and perhaps what mm-hmm. we saw through that semi translucent surgical curtain, mm-hmm. we might have been able to notice at a glance um, that something is up with, with Gabriel. Again, Sydney and her mother, they're going through all these VHS tapes where they're looking at it. We find Sydney, Sydney and, they, and her mother find Weaver interviewing Emily. And they said, okay. you know, uh, we've been noticing that in the recent weeks you become a lot more aggressive. And Emily tells them, he's telling me to do things. He's telling me to hurt people. Gabriel makes me strong. And apparently she attacked and almost killed another child in their program. Like, I don't even know. Like, we just got a bunch of weird kids in your hospital. Bad place. Anywho, that poor kid barely survived. And Emily tells Dr. Weaver, sometimes he tells me words. Sometimes he shows me pictures. And sometimes he just gives me feelings, but I know what he wanted. He pretends to be nice, but he's the devil. We're this whole time we are watching a you know eight-year-old Emily. She's sitting at a hospital bed. Weaver is behind the camera. All right, yes. Weaver says, Okay, I'm gonna wake him up. Allison, we spin the camera around to Emily's back, and on her back is Gabriel. He is what? her conjoined twin. But he is not a fully formed person. So you see him and he's like a screaming, he's like a little white deformed face and like rib cage, screaming dinosaur arms. He's just like, wow. And Emily, apparently they were born like that. Emily has had to deal with this her entire life. So that's the creature we saw. He's on the back of her head or on her back? They share a spine. So his face is on the back of her head, and his, his arms and also come from the back of the shoulder. And that's why her head keeps bleeding. Exactly. He is screaming okay. and, and lashing out, but he does not have um, a lower torso. So he kind of just tapers off around the waist. I understand. I think they didn't want to deal with the whole, Gabriel, does Gabriel have a penis situation? I think they're I like, think well, leave smart. it to their imagination. Well, yeah. They don't even give him a shirt, because I, I guess he just doesn't look enough like a human being. And finally, they ex- Weaver explains, you know, he's a parasitic twin. He's an extreme form of a teratoma, and they're not consider- considered con- conjoined because Gabriel is sort of like he needs Exists. Emily to exist. He cannot okay. survive on its own. 
However, we established that like in another video, uh, Emily can see the flashcards that Gabriel is looking at. Allison, they share a brain. And what we realize is Gabriel is able to influence Emily. So physically, he's not, there's not a lot there. There's not a lot uh, there. Um, there's not enough there there. But mentally, he's able to like show her things and project these mm -hmm. sort of illusions, mm -hmm. which we of course see um, in the modern day. And meanwhile, while it's still happening, we are also still cutting back and forth to Madison, who's being harassed by these women in this jail cell. Like, what's the matter, Pollyanna? You know, got in the way to the lost on the way to the country club. They're like, you don't even know. They what's start harassing her to the point where they uh, uh, start physically fighting her to the point where Madison is on the ground getting the shit kicked out of her by these random women for basically no reason whatsoever. Unfortunately, she starts then having a, a seizure. And in voiceover, we hear Dr. V Fields say from 1993, Gabriel is able to manipulate Madison's perception of reality. So she just thinks she's having a normal life when in reality, she's out here killing people. And that's what we realize. That Gabriel, so Gabriel is able to take over and uh, essentially puppet Madison Allison, we are in the jail cell. Madison screams and grabs the back of her head. And through the back of her skull, Gabriel's face pushes its way out. This screaming, noseless, what? lipless face. That's why he's covered in blood, I guess, because he's emerging from the back of her skull. She's screaming. Okay. And as I'm watching this, the first time I watched the movie, I screamed, what the fuck? And then Zoe Bell's biker character in the movie seconds later screams, what the fuck? Because all these women are trapped in this holding cell. It's a locked cell. As Gabriel's face pulls itself out of no, the back no, of her skull. No, 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 Unfortunately, no, Allison. No, But fortunately no, for us as, no. as viewers, Gabriel is now in charge and he is here to kick yeah, he's running ass. He, yeah. And all of a sudden she's running backwards with, you know, with Gabriel's face is now the face. And the funniest part of the yeah. movie is that every time Gabriel's in control from now on, you see her face on the back of his head like, no, no. <laughs> so it's not scary. It's just so shocking and upsetting. And he is just killing these women. Like, he's, like, taking these women, just, like, throwing them against the wall, like, breaking their arms. And literally knocks them to the ground, picks so, up his boot, and smashes her skull, Allison. I No, but, no, any so questions? So she committed all of these murders. Being controlled by Gabriel. But, like, to the outside, like, if you had video on the tour guide and her, it would look like she like hurt and kidnapped the tour guide and had I don't think that the legal system has a precedent to say that it was not her. We know that you would see a guy with a little red bloody face with in emerging from a mass of gorgeous hair. Okay, but that's what I'm saying is like that's what's happening. Like what are like what would in the moments like he was present but then he recedes back into yes. her. And so okay. we see, then we see a video of them actually performing the surgery. So when and he's the cancer that yes, when doctor the says doctor it's time to cut like, the cancer, out. The Allison. Cancer. And this is what's wrong with the healthcare system, okay? Because clearly I mean, they didn't want to do a good enough job in to begin with. So basically, they cut Gabriel into a bunch of chunks. They remove his, this you know arms, his his external rib cage. But they get to oh, the brain, cool. and Allison, they say, well, we can't fully remove Gabriel from her brain. Because right. it would kill her. 
So we just have to, they say the word subsume, <gasps> but literally it's them pushing Gabriel's face into the back of her skull and then closing it up. So ostensibly the thinking acting part of Gabriel is just been kind of crammed into the back of Pushed her head. In. Exactly. Okay. And so while he does not physically have a body, he was always sort of waiting there mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. this moment. And they realize it later, but again, you realize it now as an audience member, it was when she got thrown against the wall, something <gasps> happened. Gabriel woke up like he mm-hmm. was suddenly aware in a way that he hadn't been since childhood. Allison, okay. he is just, it's like Assassin's Creed. Like this guy is like flipping just these women, flip. like. Slashing and burning. And uh, Zoe Bell is the last person. She runs to the the, uh, the bars and she's like, help us. He's killed us in here. and Or she's killed us in here. And the guard runs over, unfortunately not realizing what's going on. And Gabriel is able to reach the bars, grab the cop, and steal the keys. So not oh, only has Gabriel no. killed all these women, he is now loose in the police station. And, and using Madison's body to... Exactly enact, uh, be an agent of chaos. On, and unfortunately, he runs up to the evidence locker where Winnie is sort of putting things away and she hides. And luckily, he doesn't see her because Gabriel's too busy getting his leather trench coat and his leather gloves because he lo- he has a look he's going he for. Look. And I'm assuming that his costume is also like, it's just easier to shoot because we can just put a stunt person in this costume. Mm-hmm. We don't have to address like, you know, whether or not the Madison of it all. Yes. Um, and he then goes into the police pre- precinct Using his mental electricity powers to, like, disable all of the alarms and all the safeguards that would be going on in a police station. He's drunk on electricity. He is wiling out and, you know, he is essentially starts fighting all of these cops. So he's, like, punching cops, stabbing cops with his dagger, which he also got out of evidence. He's, like, doing backflips over the desk. None of it is scary in any way, but it is uh, audacious. And that's what's so funny about this. It's like, wow, I didn't think that we were going to have a full-on fucking action scene where Gabriel is kicking 12, 15 cops' ass, and they're shooting him, and he's just dodging bullets like it's the fucking Matrix. Like, he must kill at least 12 cops in this scene. And the whole time— The body count on this movie, high. And the whole time you see Madison's face, like— just bobbing along behind him. It, it's incredible. Finally, Moss and Shaw get back. They get the call like, oh, shit, come to the police. Break. Somebody's kicking our ass or whatever. So they run in and Moss and Shaw try to fight Gabriel. They finally go face to face with him. And Shaw screams at Gabriel Madison's name. And Madison wakes up. She is still, she thinks she's still in the jail cell. So in Madison's <gasps> mind, she doesn't Girl, know what's going on. Unfortunately, she looks around. Down. And she sees the, instead of the women in the jail cell, she's surrounded by dead cops with Shaw training his gun on her. So again, Mm -hmm. she's in and out. She does not have any power to control this. And from here on out, I would say this movie is just fucking chaos. And that's what's really fun about it. Now it's chaos? It hasn't been chaos? Once you get the reveal of suddenly Gabriel's face could just emerge from the back of Madison's skull and he can just... Then it's just nonstop mayhem. Like he's not even just like, okay, I'm a monster or I control Mm -hmm. electricity. It's like, also I am like some sort of ninja. I have like incredible karate skills. I am just like bipping and bapping and bopping. speed, all of the stuff. I'm throwing chairs. Like I'm going absolutely nuts. Um, and and it, for, he's right. Like, he is incredibly powerful. It's kind of like, Madison, you're kind of wasting your body a little bit. So finally, Madison and Shaw have, like, their final, like, toe-to-toe. He ends up uh, stabbing Moss, but luckily she survives, and she 
throws a chair and knocks Shaw to the ground, and he's able to escape. And luckily, they, Ma, Shaw, and Winnie survive. Everyone else in the precinct has been dead. Wow, has been dead. And so she calls, Winnie calls uh, paramedics, like, you got to get down here. I don't know how many people you're going to need to bring. And, Send everyone. <laughs> but Moss tells Shaw, you have to go to the hospital because if, like, the only people left for him to kill is the mother. So we, ha- we have pieced together this is the mother. If he's out here killing everyone, the one person who was also a part of what happened to him was the mother that brought him mother. to Simeon in the first place. And Shaw's like, God, I don't get paid enough for this. But he drives there. And on the way, Sydney calls him. And she's also deduced this because they've been watching the videos. She saw the video of the surgery. And she says, we got to get there to to try to wake Serena up to, like, ask her, like, what what to do or whatever. Again, I don't think it's how comas work. Yeah, well, she doesn't have answers. But again, Sydney, she's doing the best she can. She sure. arrives right in the hospital, right as the lights start to flicker. And there's a security guard outside of Serena's room. And she, he's like, you can't go in here. Suddenly, his pacemaker starts to short out. And he's collapsing. And Sydney's trying to help him. He's like, my pacemaker, it suddenly shoots out of his fucking chest, Allison. What? Because Gabriel's there and he's taking no prisoners. He's like, if you have a pacemaker, I, again, will drink that. I'm taking and it. Yep. So finally, uh, Gabriel arrives at the hospital right after Serena. And we hear him say through the hospital intercom he, to Serena, uh, or to Sydney, rather, I was saving you for last. She chose you over me. I should have killed you before you were born. <gasps> Sydney, no. Meanwhile, Madison is now there because she's, like, again, trapped in the fantasy. So Madison is in the room, unable right. to do anything. Like, she's been there for every murder, screaming as Gabriel attacks Sydney, her sister, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Serena, her biological mom. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, sort of Madison, Gabriel gets this, like, sort of monologue about, you know, like, oh, I, Madison was doing nothing with this body. I should have been in control of this body. Like, I'm the one who has the power. I could do all this stuff. And she's able to, Sydney's able to crawl over to Serena's bed and Serena wakes up and she takes off her mask and she apologizes to Gabriel. And this is why I don't think Gabriel is climate change, but he might be an incel because she's no, and she has a speech where she's like, this is my fault. I should have never given you away. You are my son and I should have loved you no matter what. And Allison, Gabriel lowers his murdering dagger just for a second, long enough for Detective Shaw to emerge in the in the doorframe and get a shot off on him. Unfortunately, you know, he's then immediately thrown into the hallway, which brings right. me to a rare move for the podcast. But as we round our final lap on the movie, Allison, I'm going to ask you again, what would you do in this situation? Because what I'm asking you is, if you okay. shoot Gabriel, it kills Madison. <laughs> What would you do? I know what I would do. And and everyone, please chime in. I think like what I would do in this situation if I'm Moss. You're Shaw. 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 I guess Um, you're Shaw or Sydney or Serena or anyone who could get their hands on the gun. You're someone who is is like. Gabriel Madison. Absolutely. Because she can't like she can't have a real life as long as he is part of her. And it seems like it's probably impossible to extricate, like to separate them in a way that will leave her intact and him dead. So unfortunately, this is one of the, you would have to just kill both of them. I, I feel like, I feel like you're very fixated on the idea of like, what kind of life could they have after? I go, my, the way, but my also like the dangers is- of like, I'm like, there's no, 
solution. There's a way to verify so, that he won't be able to right. do this again. My exactly. thing is, what if it's me? If I'm Madison and I say, and I'm going to call this the Halley special, if in doubt, you can sh- you could just shoot me. That's fine. You like, kill if I'm me. A, if I have become a serial killer, if 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 a, a, the head of my parasitic twin brother has emerged from the back of my skull and I'm yeah, murdering you can doctors. Kill me. You're I'm kill allowing me. you to kill me. And Victoria yes. and Mel both said kill Madison. Tony said move to Florida. And it's like, I guess you're right. Just take bath salts and figure it out. Um Belle asks, is Gabriel allergic to anything she isn't allergic to? I mean, we don't have time to do those kinds of tests. Well, like they're gonna like throw a shrimp cocktail at his little tiny mouth. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, a I cat is in here. Now what happens? Right. Don't let a cat in this hospital room. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, because I, I feel like there's this idea of like, oh, uh, sort of like, um, oh, if you were doing something, would you want someone to treat you that way? It's like, if I, something has gone so wrong that yes. I am out here murdering people. Kill me. Kill me. You it's kill a wrap. And I will not yep. be mad from heaven or wherever I go after this. I'm not going to look back and be like, well, that was out of hand. I will completely understand I'll why you like, Yeah, that made this. sense. And you were right. This is an unprecedented situation. And yes, we got from Mel a kill Madison. I think, unfortunately, and Victoria, I, I, it's it's hard to say, but I think it is the right thing to do. And I think for me, if I was Madison, I'd say let's just let's just, just wrap, wrap this it. up. Feature wrap the on in, me. The inverse of the Allison special, I would say, is the Halley special, which is to get murdered. I mean, I think they really both have the same outcome. So absolutely. So uh, Gabriel says to Sydney, who has got a hold of the gun, shoot me. Kill me. It'll kill her, too. And that's what I wanted. I wanted this. I wanted to kill everybody. I am so angry. And, and in some ways, Gabriel, you're not wrong. I would be angry, too, wrong. if I lived as just sort of a sentient tumor in the back of my sister's skull. I'm sure I'd have a lot of negative feelings about the Thoughts? whole situation. And Sydney says, what did you do to my sister? And Gabriel says, she's not your sister. And then he flips the unoccupied uh, hospital bed on top of Sydney. She's bleeding out of her nose. She's being crushed by the hospital bed. And Sydney calls on Madison then and tells her to fight. Fight him with your mind. If he's able to have power over you, hypothetically speaking, you can have power over him. And unlike him, you have like an actual body and have like a, a life that's like worth living. And Madison's like weak and she's broken down. And again, she's existing in a fantasy state because her body is being puppeted by her evil twin brother. And she's like, I don't know if I could do it. And Sydney tells Madison the thing that she has finally deduced, which is Gabriel is the reason that you had all those miscarriages. Much like he drinks electricity, he was drawing on those miscarriages to build up his power to Mm. come back. So that is the final straw. Everything else I was okay with, Madison right, says. Right, now. But now after finding out he was, he was responsible for these miscarriages, that's out of line. And through the power of true malignancy, Madison is able to fight back. And she gains some control of her body. And she's going sort oh, of she malignant. She, she malignant. She goes full malignant. And right. she sort of has this like mental toe-to-toe with Gabriel. And we see them in this void standing and looking at each other. Allison, it is too late. Gabriel puts a gun to Sydney's head and tells her, goodbye, sis. And shoots her. As Serena is watching this and sobbing, being like, I'm just a tour guide. I got, I right. was like, I was pregnant when I was 15. Now I have to deal with this, you know, however this many years nightmare. later. Gabriel then suffocates her with her pillow and telling telling his mother, I wanted you to see what you made me, a monster. However, suddenly the walls start melting around Gabriel. 
he suddenly looks around and realizes he's living in a constructed reality that Madison has been able to make. She has been able to unlock her abilities. She has fully malignanted and she she can manipulate his reality. So in real life, we see Gabriel and he's just holding the gun to Sydney's head. Sydney is still alive. Serena is still alive. He no longer has control over the body. And in this sort of dark void, they 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 finally face off and Gabriel screams, not possible, which like considering what's happened, Gabriel, you got to keep Almost it literally yeah. an There's open mind about things, if you will. You are an possible. open mind about things. Yes. And Madison tells him, did you forget we share a brain? It's over, Gabriel. I'm taking it all back. My mind, my body. Now you get to live in a reality I make. And in this void, she sort of imagines a prison cell and sort of shuts it behind her. And Gabriel screams accurately, you can't keep me in here forever. I'll eventually figure out how to get out. And Madison says, I I know, but next time I will be ready for you. And that's belated on that. So finally, in the hospital room, Madison comes to. She's wearing the cloak and the gloves. She pulls them off now that she's no longer Gabriel. And that duster, so sweaty. She runs over. It's Seattle. It's raining. You're going to wear a leather duster, Gabriel. It's like so damp. She runs over to the hospital bed to Sydney, and she's like, I'm going to pull this off you. And Sydney says, it's too heavy. You can't do it. And she says, no, it was always my body. If Gabriel has this strength, I have the strength. And she just fucking flips this gigantic hospital bed off of Sydney's body. And basically is now a superhero, as far as we understand. And they hug as Serena Mae cries and they all have tears streaming on their face and Madison tells Sydney, I've always wanted a blood connection with someone, which is not a phrase that anyone's ever said. Like, I understand what no. she's saying, but it's a weird way to put it. It's just she not says, how we phrase things. I've always wanted a blood connection with someone, but this whole time, that connection was here. You will always be my sister and I will always love you. The end. Or malignant, because at the very end, they're hugging Uh-oh. in the hospital room and we see... We're, we're focusing on a table lamp and we hear that electrical buzz. And I think what we're supposed to think is at any point in time, Gabriel can figure out how to get out of that mental prison. Allison. Oh my God. Please tell me what are some fatal mistakes some people may have made in Malignant? Fatal mistakes. I mean, and weigh in in the comments um, if you guys are still here. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. It was so very long. It's such a long movie, and it took us 45 minutes to get ready. Uh, and You're getting your money's you, worth. Is what you're what you're getting your money's worth. And thank you all for being here, and we love you so much. Some fatal mistakes. I mean, I would say, again, as I say often, and it's, it's, it's you know, the realities of uh, policing obviously are not consistent with what I think about horror movies, but t- call the police. Tell people what's going on. When it's this kind of stuff, like not when somebody's playing loud music, but when like all of a sudden you're like, hey, um, there's like a bloody something going like, you know, when there's violent stuff happening, like let's let's alert other people. And even if it's not the authorities, like let's just get everybody involved, like just tell as many people as you can so that people have eyes on you and your scenario. Um, we had a, g- a great uh, suggestion of a fatal mistake from Victoria, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. being born. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madison mm-hmm. and Gabriel's first mistake, being born. I would say also like going to a questionably spooky, uh, nefarious mental institution dressed up as a hospital. Yes, absolutely. 
Um, Allie says not getting your head wound checked. Very important. Mm-hmm. If you a have a head wine. wound, because the, the doctor's widow to say, hey, it looks like you, you have another little guy in here. Yes. You have a little sentient friend yeah. who's peeking oh, out of your skull. someone else is here. That's weird. We, then we could investigate. Exactly. Um, Christina giving uh, Gabriel the electricity to drink. Agree. Exactly. Yeah, we shouldn't be operating on electricity anyway. If this had only happened in more carbon neutral. If we this had happened in the in the Amish community, we wouldn't be having any of these problems. No, he'd have nothing to drink. Jordan says um, accepting calls from an unknown caller mm-hmm. couldn't be me. Yeah. I, Gabriel yep. would have to be leaving voicemails. Yes, and Mel said giving underground tours another great fatal mistake. Of course, you should not give uh, tours underground of Seattle or any uh, city in the Pacific Northwest or otherwise. Um, I just had, um, I wanted to have Allison explain some things I didn't understand from the movie. Okay, so, Allison, great. these are just a couple questions. Um, okay. How does Gabriel have superpowers? Um, I guess he is the devil. Okay. Somehow. And so, you know, who knows who uh, current tour guide, former teenager, mother uh, slept with, but clearly he was a piece of shit and <laughs> was the devil. Um, and then my, my other question that I realized that hit me watching this movie is, um, the only way to have conjoined twins is if they're of the same biological sex. You can't have, um, you can only have conjoined identical twins. So how did this all happen, Allison? I guess it's kind of the same answer as the first question. I guess it's still the devil. Um, because the devil is like, I'm going to fuck around and do things that aren't real, um, and that you can't normally do. So, and having like you know, a violent man uh, live in the body of a woman is such a good costume and such a good ruse. Um, and then Jessica, Jessica said, wouldn't you notice if you're getting extremely strong and good at fighting, not that I'd complain. I will say, wouldn't you notice if you wake up in the morning, boy, I'm exhausted from yeah, my eight hours been, of murdering. Yeah. I've been busy with my lair and I didn't get any sleep. And then also, now that we're seeing this, Allison, wouldn't uh, Madison have a ton of surgical scars? Explain that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I mean, surgical scar. Like, I don't know. Maybe she used all those, like, stri- I don't know. I have the strips that you're supposed to put on your surgical scars that make them, you know, less That's noticeable. Maybe, maybe she really used those well because <laughs> I don't use them well enough and I still have surgical scars for my surgeries. And maybe that is why all those doctors did get those awards. That's why we were had the trophy is like, that is how good at surgery you are. They're incredible plastic surgeons. There are no But scarring. not good at separating conjoined twins. Yes. Yeah, well, which makes sense. There's not a ton of experience Practice. we had in that vein. Sure. But yeah, they're so good that she doesn't have a scar. Because you'd think on the back, it'd be like, you know, my uh, it sure looks like a, a rib cage was taken off of my spine. Or there right, was right. something. Or maybe her mm-hmm. would be like I was in a car accident or something to explain a little something. A little faded scar. Right? Yeah, something. Uh, I think where the answer is the devil. Um, the devil. I think the answer is the devil. And then finally, um, Allison, where do you think malignant falls on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. I gotta say, this feels like a solid seven and a half. Mm. Okay. Maybe an eight. There's a lot of twists. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of twists. I think the, like, the general, like, feeling trapped in a way where you can't control a reality you're seeing feels very scary. Mm -hmm. um, Of, like, being like, oh, I'm witnessing a violent crime that I can't save and intervene in, um, even if you're doing it. Um, So I think... 
but then also just like the the uh the hijinks and the the high action of the fight scenes right brings it down just like a touch um i i agree with that i'm gonna give this a two okay Um, i think this movie (laughs) we've never been further apart yeah this movie is so fun it's so funny but it is not scary in in literally any way and i for me it is the the action sequences they're so fun they're so ridiculous they're so fabulous they're not necessarily scary. Um, we have a, a a question. Hi, Tanya. Um, would you notice if you ate electricity yesterday had had been disjointed? That's true. Like, would you notice that yeah. your limbs had been bent backwards and suddenly had a thing for antiques? There are a lot of clues, even like mm-hmm. a bruise. You'd think he was leaping down the um, yeah. fire escapes. You think there'd be a little bruising that Madison would be like, huh, oh, that's, that's weird. strange. I have a sure I have a lot of blood under my fingernails, but you know, we weren't there. None of we us were there. there. None of us were there. So yeah, I think I'm gonna have to give it a two. Uh You're not scary. It Loved it. Again, the spooky scale is different from did we enjoy the film? Was it a good film? Mm-hmm. Yes mm-hmm. to the first, mm-hmm. absolutely not after the second. Mm-hmm. An absolute blast and a half. And I can't wait because I really feel like they're gonna do a sequel. And I'm very excited we'll to do share that with you. Um yes. And just some some little housekeeping before we wrap up. One, thank you for being here, for buying tickets, for for sticking with us. Like, I'm sure some of you are going to finish watching this tomorrow and you are getting to that tomorrow. It's now tomorrow for you. Um, but we have so much fun doing this and we want to keep doing it. If you have recommendations for movies you want us to do live uh, moving forward, you can send them to ruined at the radio point dot com. Um, 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 also, we're glad that every we got every basically every single num- number on the spooky scale with in the regards comments. to malignant and the thing Great. is we're all right we're all right it's whatever the spooky scale is in your heart and whatever you want it to be so yeah. well you guys guys thank, thank you, you for you joining so us much. for another live show i hope you all had enough mind erasers to uh still get to work tomorrow and until next time please keep it spooky keep it spooky we, we love, love you very you. much we love you bye Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.